Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Guess who's back, 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 back again. So this music that you can hear now is because we've got him. He's back once again. He's a legend. He's a, he's wearing a tie. <laughs> Everyone knows him. That's right, it's me. Yes. He's, yeah. <laughs> I'm back, everyone. Oh, you didn't think I was going to be here after the last episode, but you know, it's good to be here. You're always in. Yeah, I know, but I'm back. <laughs> okay, cool. And you've got a front. So, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> welcome back, me. Thanks. Me. No. Thank, yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for you as well. Thanks, thanks for me. me as well. Absolutely. Thanks for you. Thanks for me. Thanks for you. Thanks for everybody. Oh, that's a nice positive start. Piss off. <laughs> Now, yes, I have been back after an absence. I've been doing job shit. But check this out. Yes, good. So Nick's got a giraffe. A tie on my tie. <laughs> that's really good. That's 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 the sort of shit that we. I bet that was a riot in the office. Oh, you showed that to people. Wacky. People were having a meltdown. I haven't unleashed it yet. I might save it for the Christmas party. I bet Sandra on reception. She's like, here, come here, look at it, look at Nick's tie. It's got a giraffe on it, but it gets better. It's got a tie. Oh, oh, oh my god, that is a riot. Tony, come here. You'll never guess what Nick's got. It's not. He's only got a bloody giraffe wearing a tie on his tie. Absolute oh. dynamite at the office party. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so with that, let's do an RPG show. Coming at you live from the jam of a jam jar, it's me, Nick Lamley Lambslice. And me, Harrison Hunt, aka Cilia Stingray. And we are... Oh yeah, the tabletop twats. And this is an RPG show all about RPGs, tabletop RPGs. And we've got a bloody show for you today, ladies and gentlemen, because we have got what you've been saying where we talk about what we've been playing. We've got a main subject, which is going to be the jam pack, party pack, jamboree, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, then we got... What have we got? Fucking hell, this document. Then we got big. the uh, we got a new segment called the Game Design Guys. Yeah, we're going to be bringing those guys on. They're very, they look very similar to us. And then we got the final song fight ever, <gasps> followed by Inside the Mind of Masters. And then we've got your Electro Letters, where we ask you to send in your <laughs> funny RPG <laughs> stories. So and don't forget the award-winning, groundbreaking, cutting-edge. Outro. Are you shitting me? That's back. Yeah, the outro. Pull that back. <laughs> Good. Right. So let's get on with it, ladies and gentlemen. Without more any more fuckery, Roo. Let's Bonk. go. Let's go. Oi. Yeah. What you slaying? <laughs> yeah. Where we going? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're staying right. We're staying right here. But to the listeners, it will seem as if we've entered another realm entirely because here we are. In what you've been slaying, land. God, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the what you've been slaying section. First of all, let's talk about bloody bubblegum crisis, mate. Oh, yes. So I've, I've been excited about this for a long time. We're finally... It's finally kicked off. Bubblegum crisis. We've, it, done, we've hit session one. It's kicked right It was a right so, hoot, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, for those people that don't know, bubblegum crisis is a... Um, well, its subtitle is Mega Tokyo 2033, and mm-hmm. this is a futuristic Blade Runner-esque cyberpunk 
future future re, uh, what's it retro futuristic it's a future retroistic um, game <laughs> that's the one set in the future <laughs> and um, yeah it's very it was really really fucking good yep um, having played it now I I really really enjoy the system and things like this spell fusion system yep yeah like it was really really awesome and, and the, the story that we had revolved around um, this new vigilante team that started up called the Night Sabers mm-hmm. which is like um, you know the team from the anime but basically the in the future in this world a company called Genom have, have made these helper robots called Boomers and they basically um, have gone rogue in certain instances and started attacking people now this this vigilante team the Night Sabers want to take um, take Genom down or, or at least stop these Boomer attacks and they currently consist of two people now those two people were attacked in a pub. This pub happened to contain all of the uh, and all of the player characters, and then they got caught up in a big load of shit. Yeah, and you threw us in the deep end, didn't you, mate? Uh, sorry. To be fair, game started. Map gets put out. We're a nice drawn map. Loads of little cars and stuff. Well, cars that are acting as bikes because we don't currently have any bike models. So yeah. we're using cars, which <laughs> well, is fine. are hard to find. And um, yeah, we're pretty much just surrounded by an assault team. Yeah, because they thought that you were in cahoots with the two guys. Yes. So literally, it was a big fight in a mm-hmm. town, followed by you guys getting captured, and then you... Imprisoned. Then a big um, highway chase where you were getting attacked by a boomer. Which oh my is God, b- yeah. Basically like a giant flying Terminator with a laser mouth. Yep. <laughs> so it was fucking awesome. It's lightly, yeah. The chase scene was one of the best, where, where the highlights, because like, one, one thing I really, really like about good action films is when... When, when like an action director will, will let characters' personalities shine through the way that they fight, mm-hmm. and I found that that really, really came out through the um, through the characters in in this. When the action scenes were happening, all of the characters really came alive during mm-hmm. the action in this. And on that highway chase scene, we had Riz, who was a um, phone dealer and he's got this modded truck he, well he's he's a, no he's a phone repairman isn't he yeah that's it and, he, and, he's, and his shop is his truck yeah also his house <laughs> exactly so so it's a massive truck yep. that he works out of and you were in the passenger seat but he's got this machine gun that pops out the front of it and he was using it but he's sort of a like he's not bumbling but he's kind of like um, he's a genius, but he's an idiot in certain aspects because he's it's like an eccentric, isn't he? Yeah, because thing, he's, yeah. his genius is so focused on building of machinery he's that just he's, useless he's at everything. Else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you were driving down the highway and you were like swapping seats, taking yeah. control of the gun because I had because and he had no drive. Even yeah, no, he's got a huge truck. So that's that would be why he just took his he yeah. just like took his mind off the controls and was just like, okay, now it's your turn. You'll get on the controls now. I'm, and then you were just yeah. like, okay, then, and you were sort of like. <laughs> you were this guy that just like I don't know you you, you didn't give a fuck like you hate Genoms so yep. you were just like I'll do anything it takes mm-hmm. so you're like of course I'll swap over the controls and get onto the driving seat yep. midway through a highway chase at fucking 100 miles an hour but just do me one thing keep my pink scooter safe <laughs> yeah you had your scooter in the back of the in yeah. the back of the truck yeah and then we had um, another character what was Sean's character's name oh man sure so he's uh, Golden Harvey oh, Golden Harvey Golden yeah uh, I love that he was like Sean you got any armour and he's like no but I've got this incredibly pressed denim yeah he, he wears a full <laughs> denim suit no need he, for armour he's he's a policeman but he's a policeman uh, in the advanced police so they're mm-hmm. basically they deal specifically with rogue boomers and um, he is in it for the glory. He's that type yep. of policeman. Yep. He's the kind of guy that will take on the case to save the little girl, mm-hmm. but only because he wants his face in the papers. Exactly. He doesn't give a shit about the little girl. <laughs> like, like, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. 
and he he has this bike called the Highway Star that has afterburners on it, like a jet. Oh man! And he was literally there's there was a bit where he the um the boomer blew a fucking hole in the highway and. Uh, yeah, he activated the afterburners, did a sick jump over it, and then just just like blew through the motorway. Was fucking shooting at the same time he was blowing through oh, the air. Meant with, that with bike, like no is regard for his safety. Else. Yeah, yeah, he was it was amazing. And then he used the bike to then uh, leap onto the boomer, smashing it onto the front of the truck. But the chassis of the bike was actually really. Um, well armoured yeah. so he didn't do any damage to his bike but he crushed it sandwiching the boomer between the bike and the truck oh so god yeah he nearly damaged the well, no he did damage it before because he do you remember he tried to take a corner right at the beginning stacked it and it all <laughs> oh, yeah. skidded along the side so the bike did take some damage initially but mm. when he um, when he did the final manoeuvre crushing the boomer between the truck crazy. and the um, and his bike yep he, he was like he had no regard for his own safety he just wanted to do a glorious move so he mm. sort of Managed to kill the boomer, um, but managed to damage Riz's truck massively. Yeah, and it, well, on top of the fact that he'd already blown a hole in the trailer, I think the boomer had. So. Yeah, the boomer <laughs> blew a hole in the trailer with his laser. Yeah. 75 points of structural damage or yeah. something like that, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And considering the trailer only had 100 to begin with, it was ridiculous. Like, it's pretty bad. Pretty this, bad. Was a, this was an amazing fight. And then mm-hmm. we had um, James Tomasson's character, Gerard, who was another motorbike user, but he, had a, he has a little compartment in the side of his motorbike where he stores a shotgun oh, yeah. and he also carries a sword so mm-hmm. he's like very very anime and um, earlier on in the game he was driving along slicing a guy's head off uh, on his oh, motorbike yeah. <laughs> drive by decapitation yeah it? It, was, it was amazing and yeah. then we had James's character who was just a regular policeman and so like you know he was like a little bit outclassed by everyone but he saved a girl from the compound that you guys were captured in and yep. had her on the back of the motorbike and was trying to calm her the fuck down and she was so like um, in like like Stockholm syndrome. Oh, up. totally. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Every time he was like, "I'm going to get you to safety." She was just going. She was going. All oh, right, you're going to take me back to the prison. And he was like, "No, don't be an idiot." <laughs> that made me laugh. And even she was like, "I'm not going out there. There's lasers out there." And I was like, "What are you talking about? It's no lasers." And then we get out there, and the first thing that happens is <laughs> yeah. a fucking boomer turns up and shoots his laser. She was like, like "Told you." Literally the first attack in the <laughs> yeah, battle it was a big laser. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. She was like, "Told you so." But yeah, no, it's wicked. My character is uh, Clay McCormack. He's an ex-AD policeman who's like um been basically he was run out of the police force uh and for trying to investigate genom into genom yeah exactly and they covered it all up and um actually he had a, again a rogue a rogue boomer attack blew up his house and destroyed uh, his house and his and his only companion his dog and he's a he's a man on the edge now i have um, to say like what i wanted to do for the first game was i wanted to kind of like give this introduction where i wanted to have a section where we had role playing, which is why we had the sort of imprisonment. I mm-hmm. wanted people to be forced to talk. I know that's bad because usually they just would anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted people to also have an opportunity to use all the cool shit they bought mm-hmm. in character creation because that's so often the case where people buy stuff that, and then it just doesn't, doesn't come up. Yeah, and it doesn't. I, and get so used. I really wanted to have this cool introduction as well, where you also saw some of the stuff that you were going to expect to see later on yeah so basically now you know what how how powerful boomers are Mm -hmm. you know um the sort of tech you're going to see in this game and you know um how evil genom are all in one session and like i quite liked how um we we got to see all this in one session and how efficiently you guys got through it all it Mm. was so much fun so much fun yeah the whole the whole uh, the whole escaping from prison thing actually went pretty damn well considering i mean we opened the wrong cell and there was a load of mutated 
um, children coming after us. We managed mm. to um, not get hurt by any of them. None of our vehicles got damaged. And we actually didn't have to have a fight with the guards. We did a, a really cool trick <laughs> yeah. where we were like, oh, what was it? <laughs> Someone was like, and then he's like, that sounds serious. <laughs> yeah, 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 you um, you basically um, tricked them into going into your cell after you opened the door because you one of you screamed or yeah. something like that. And he was like, something serious is going on. He's like, that does sound serious. And then yeah. they ran off. They all ran into the cell and then bang. And then quickly the closed the door. Him. It was yeah. Riz, the Indian guy. Yeah, he yeah. just went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. But yeah, so first impression of Bumgold Crisis was, well, it lived up to exactly how I was hoping It's it a cracking game. It's brilliant. The system is um, very, very decent, very mm-hmm. functional. I would say that it works It works absolutely fine. It's, it's no massive bells or whistles thus far. I would say the biggest um, thing that makes it for me is the items, the equipment, and how well and cohesive the the world is yeah the the actual game just works solidly yeah and that's the best i can say about it it's not like outstanding it doesn't do anything out there and amazing but it does what it does perfectly well yeah. and decent and that mm-hmm. that is a ringing endorsement i think absolutely like, yeah. it doesn't but it doesn't try anything spectacular and if you want to know more about bubblegum i suggest you go back to our bubblegum episode yeah because we did we did do a sort of full review of the book yeah. so yeah so that's why i just wanted to tell the listeners about the story mm-hmm. but then we also played um a a duo of saga of the goblin horde didn't we? oh man yeah that was fun that was brilliant and we had five players yeah and i ran two two adventures i did the first one was this one where you had to go and find a wishing well that was it yeah and bring it back to the chieftain yeah so saga of the goblin horde for those of you that don't know that are listening i mean we've bloody well gone on about it now if you don't know you better get to know get to know motherfuckers (laughs) um this is a very fun setting where you play as goblin bosses and you have minions that Mm -hmm. you can command and you can use them to do things for instance if you take damage you can chuck one in the way to take damage or you can get them to do shit you yeah, can you get can, them to go find you stuff yeah, you, you know anything get them to scout out an area or something like this um, if it's dangerous mm-hmm. or whatever or if just you, sacrifice them to yeah, the greater good if you want to sit across a river um, or let's use say, one as a boat yeah exactly <laughs> so things like this and um yeah, it was really funny. So the wishing well, there's like basically the... I'll try and summarise this quickly, but the wishing well, there's these rumours that have been going around. Some humans have been in like a neighbouring village and been spouting off their mouth because there's this um, wishing well that's been giving out wishes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the word of it gets to the goblin village and Chief Big Nose, who's like your boss... He's all over it. Yeah, he's all over it. And he tells you, get the fuck out of there. Go and get me. <laughs> go go, get get the well. well. Yeah. Like, bring the well Yeah, not even make me. a wish. Bring that shit back to me. <laughs> I, want, I want a wishing well. <laughs> That'll be handy. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, his cup's not big enough. Didn't really so, go into how we were going to get it back. It was just like, bring it back. Just, so, yeah, you set off there. Mm-hmm. On the way, you fight some humans that are also on the way. You also get there and... <laughs> we met a guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that guy fucking says... He says um, he wishes to be the smartest goblin in the world. And when he does... He, he actually went in there and wishes. And he says he doesn't feel any different. And it's like... I don't know if anyone got this at the table, but the point is, I think the wish worked, but, oh, right. but because goblins are so dumb, that's why he doesn't feel any Wouldn't different. Wouldn't even comprehend it. Yeah, exactly. I re- the other guy really made me laugh as well. What did he have? He just wanted a rubber cape. Oh, that, that I put <laughs> I put in there. Because basically... Um, no, I don't know if I did put that in there, or if that was Richard's invention. I don't know. I can't all fucking I remember. remember. Dude, he was like, yeah, that was all, I all I've ever wanted. Because basically... Yeah, stole it off him. <laughs> yeah, because basically all that, all that happens is at the end, um, it's, it's like a little Ifrit guy, basically... Um, 
after all the wishes are used up, after all the hot dogs, yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> it, it's really funny. But after all the wishes are used up, this little guy comes out, mm-hmm. and he's he's really um, uh, upset that all the wishes are used up. So yeah. he basically explodes the cave. That's right. Yeah. And I was trying to hint um, at, at the fact that they would need some sort of fire resistance. So I, I had a human um, in there. I can't, again, I can't remember if this is Rich's idea or if it's mine. So I'm sorry if I'm I'm, I'm like incorrectly attributing this to me. But I had a guy in there that had a rubber cape. Yep. And he was just like, oh, I've just always wanted this rubber cape, man. Um, this is my favourite thing. And then I'll just be on my way. You guys just fucking bullied him into Weren't giving him the rubber yeah, cape. Yeah, like, give us the cape. And then one of, one of the characters... Um, oh, my God. Do you remember? He was like, I want to be the top boss of all the goblins. And then he transported... Do you remember? He transported out of there. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, he, and then Big Nose the, was, like, packing up. Yeah, so <laughs> one of the guys wished to be the best, the the, um, the boss of your tribe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then it was James. He wished to be the mm. boss of your tribe. And then and then when when he, he just he just instantly just, bloop, teleported yeah. back to back to the village. And Chief Big Nose, like, all these, like, goblin removal men were packing all this stuff up. And he's like, I'll tell you what, guys, I don't like this. There's been some changes around here. I don't like this one bit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... You know, best of luck with a job right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is awful. And then James, James is like, um, he, he's like, get me some wine. <laughs> he's, yeah, and he's getting on the throne, getting all comfy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, when all the wishes get used up, everything gets reverted back to normal. But you, somebody wished for infinite hot dogs, and then yeah. everyone sort of was like getting armed, armpit deep in fucking hot dogs. They were just pouring out the well. Yeah. Um, somebody wished uh, that the hot dogs would stop, and then somebody. I can't remember. Sean, Sean was like, "I wish you would go away." And, oh, then, yeah. and then, uh, that no, that was when James. <laughs> yeah, that's when he went back to the to, back to the village, and it was like it was it was really funny. It was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. It was and, great. But the second one was where where it really got fucking awesome. Yeah. Was when um, you guys. Uh, basically, you have to test out these new hang glider inventions um, to go and steal some dragon eggs, and uh, yeah, basically what happened was was a bit of in in party fighting between two goblins. It got really petty, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. What what happened again? Did, so how did the fart uh, the farting? How did, how the, did fight, the farting commence? Um, how did the fighting start? So we were going. You were traveling somewhere. No, yeah, you were traveling, and then you started making camp, and then Peter. One of the one of the guys built built a camp. Oh my god! He? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so he was like, "I'm going to build a house." So he was like, "Well, what is, when you said house, it's more of a shed that can yeah, fit one person." He got all his minions because everyone was making like makeshift shitty tents. Some people were digging under the ground and just finding a bush or making a little hammock or whatever. And Peter's character wanted to get all these minions to work really hard and actually erect a little kind of wooden shack. And um, I mean, I think actually one died from exhaustion um, just oh, yeah. by just by the sheer effort that got put into it. Um, but anyway, so um, you know, the minions got to work, and uh, after that, they had literally like it looked like an outhouse. Um, but that was it. We wanted to get in, didn't we? Everyone got really jealous and started started being like, "Hey, I'm, I just walked in." He's like, "Get out! I'm coming in there tonight." And then um, everyone got really angry. So then the spellcaster. Oh yeah, it was Sean who was playing. Um, who's the flame guy? I forget his name. Oh, Christy, Mason, Crispy Mason, Crispy Face. Yep. Yeah, he's like a flamo flamo mancer, pyromancer. Yep. yep. And um, he got really jealous, and he just wanted to sort of like char char Pete's bed a little bit to annoy him. <laughs> yeah. So he cast bolt on it, and then he got like two raises. So he just basically ignited the fucking. <laughs> Chat, and then Pete was utterly furious. He was real. So they just started fucking killing each other. They wiped all their minions out. But it wasn't even like it wasn't like 
this when they started punching each other, no, they were kicking each other, weren't they? When they started kicking each other and throwing bolts at each other, it wasn't your average kicks and bolts. They were getting raises every single oh, time. God, yeah, it was like twenty six damage. Yeah, they or were they were doing stupid were, stuff. For those that don't know what Savage Worlds like, how it works, they were rolling. This is basically the equivalent of rolling like not just a crit but like a mega crit yeah, every single aces. time. Aces for days. And so literally, these guys were like, well, if I take that hit, I'm going to die. So they just put a minion in front of it every time. Yeah, worked through their whole set of minions. They Mm -hmm. had none left by the end of it. And we hadn't even started the adventure. It was the first night before we get to where we were trying to get to. And they'd wiped out all their minions. So when it came to the bit where they had to basically fly um, their hang gliders across this valley for 12 hours, right, to go to the... to fly into this mountain to get the dragon eggs Mm -hmm. to bring back to the boss... Mm -hmm. They were flying for 12 hours. Everyone else, right, when they needed to regain control, they would just say to me, right, I'm dropping a minion, right? They would kill a minion to so that they could sort of get a bit more balance on their hang glider, right? But they didn't have any left. So they were fucking... <laughs> some of them were flying so low that they were fucking getting hit by trees. Yeah. They were even like... So, they were so low at some points that humans were just like punching them. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. It was like... It was abysmal. People died left, right and centre. I mean, someone died and then had to be given a minion character. I yeah. was a rat guy, so I had a load of rat characters. But then I ended up dying, so I played one of my own rat minions just to keep going. Yeah, then somebody else played... Somebody else played somebody's minion because yeah. they, they died. I think Sean did. It was... It was it was amazing. It was, it was it one really, of the best really was. sessions of Saga of the Goblin Horde I played. Oh, it, no, it was probably man. the best. It, it was has... a double header and it was cracking, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yep, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. And um, just that, that infighting was some of the best. And <laughs> the fact that they completely fucked themselves for the rest <laughs> of the game. Brutal, brutal in party fight I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. It was, and everyone was just silent. They were like, they ain't joking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dice would roll and you'd hear click, click. Click, click, where it keeps acing you like, oh, oh that was shit. awful. But anyway, cracking. Yeah, best damn goblin game going. Um, everybody get out there and play it because it's fantastic. So the next two things I just wanted to talk about really quickly are yep. Aliens versus Rednecks and Punted in the Bunts. Oh, so, what um, then? So, uh, yeah, no, the thing is, though, it's really wanky to talk about two products which um, I wrote. And, um, uh, well, Aliens versus Rednecks is now on sale but uh, we played a session of it, and it was good fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go on about it too much, because otherwise it sounds like I'm really... It's like a one-man circle jerk, if that's even possible. <laughs> that's just a wank, isn't it? Yeah, so he's literally a, a wank. It's the, old, it's the old one-man wank. The old, the old one-man wank, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so Aliens vs. Rednecks is a game where you play as aliens, and it is a um, plug-and-play adventure for Savage Worlds, and you play as aliens capturing a... Uh, beauty pageant winner in Texas Mm -hmm. and each of the aliens has a bizarre power for example we had a guy that can shapeshift into mundane objects so (laughs) on the planet the aliens come from called Clark (laughs) um, this planet they basically um, are all assigned jobs based on the weird powers that they're born with so this guy is a private eye, yeah. and his um, power is that he can shapeshift into mundane objects. Put like so a that, coaster or something. Yeah, so that means he's good at listening to stuff, right? Yeah, cool. So um, in this, in this, like when they were trying to capture this beauty pageant winner, they tracked her down to a bar. So he tried to turn into a box that they could put her in, <laughs> like, like things like Brilliant. this. Brilliant. Yeah, it was really, really good fun. That's awesome. And um, we had another guy that could walk up walls. Because um, you have no weapons, do you, the well, aliens? No, they, they're really crap at fighting. Yeah. And that's why these people are sent to try and capture this woman who is the cure for a disease back on their planet. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so you've got a guy that can walk on walls, you've got a person that's a salesman that can read minds. So cool. during during a fight that happened later on the game, uh, the, and honestly, like a pathetic fight between a bunch of wimps, um, he basically... <laughs> Slap fest. He was trying to read people's minds to see that, what they were going to do next. Yeah. And he was reading the opponent's minds, and he was like... Um, he goes he reads the mind and the woman's like I'm going to slap him next and he's like she's going to slap you and she's like no I'm not and she's like he is I heard it <laughs> yeah it's really it was really good fun so wicked I would recommend uh, picking that up if you can and the cool thing about that is pay what you want so if you don't want to pay anything mean? if you don't want to pay anything you don't have to so you can, well, you can just steal it you can just well it's not stealing because we're giving it away for free if you want it wow. but if you feel like it give us some money for it if you like Yes, so a lot of yeah, you know, a lot of hard work goes into all these stuff, all this stuff, and um, definitely go check it out. It's, it's great. Yeah, but, but if you ain't got the money, don't but worry you about still it. got a game, haven't you? Just owe Harrison one. Yeah, just buy me a pint. Yeah, send just, me a pint in the mail. There you go. Send him a pint in the mail. Jobs are good. At. Pour it into an envelope. Pour it into an envelope and, and, and send it first class. Um, the other thing was we played punted in the bonds, which is an upcoming um, Savage Worlds adventure that I wrote. Um, all of the also the one, available as an actual play. Yeah, it is. And that's available on, as a natural play on The Wild Die, which is really funny because I um, played that with uh, Sean, Peter and James, who were awesome on that podcast. It's hilarious. I mean, it is so funny. I haven't finished it yet, but what I've got up to is absolutely brilliant. You feel nostalgic if you're from London because it's basically like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels meets Snatch meets a load of lads from Red Hill. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Um, there's cream eggs in there. There's there's Peck and Peck post offices in there. Uh, bashed up Bentleys I'm not going to go into much more detail than that but go check the actual play out because it is genuinely hilarious it was really fun to play it's a very very good uh, very good listen yeah you in that basically yeah you play as a bunch of guys that uh, have to rob a post office (laughs) and um, that is coming out soon and so look out for Punted in the Bonds on Drive Through RPG that was actually really really good fun so I would check um, both of those out Aliens vs Rednecks I co-wrote with Eric and Mm -hmm. Punted in the Bonds I wrote by myself and that was really really good fun so I would check those two out one man wait so the next thing Nick is mm-hmm. Cosa Nostra yes I don't even know how to say Costa this Cosa Nostra Cosa Nostra Cosa Nostra it exactly. sounds like a fucking um, place in Spain doesn't it I like Cosa Nostra Come to Cosa Nostra. Now, holiday resort. Where all your dreams come to. <laughs> now, showing English football. <laughs> Every day of the week. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this was a, a fabulous birthday present um, that Harrison got me. And it's basically a... Uh... Don't mention it. I just found it by a roadside. Oh, did you really? Mm. <laughs> you stole it from a gangster. I did. It's my favourite book. What it's are you my doing? favourite RPG. It's about me. My mama gave me that RPG. Hey! <laughs> Get out of here. the bing, pay the boom. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's a. Um, it actually comes in two parts. There's... Um, the crime one and if you like the world you can actually get the second book which is basically playing the special forces that fight the crime so you can be the good guys or the bad guys why would you want to be the good guys no tell me about it it's not about wearing suits and shooting people in the kneecaps exactly um, I like that they've got like a really Dumbo-y uh, Frank Sinatra on there because you know, the, you know they said oh, yeah. Frank Sinatra had mob connections didn't they and also a huge penis apparently I don't know well we can confirm we'll look up that up and we'll confirm it by the end of the episode absolutely ladies and gentlemen um, so yeah, you. Um, it's by uh, Bedrock Games, and it's um, it's a crime game. You play crime bosses. It's his own little system. It's it's a it's a well bloody how much? I mean, uh, nearly nearly hundred over hundred pages. Um, it's set in. 
It's like it's, it's like a fictional version of Vegas, isn't it? Exactly. It's like a fictional version of Vegas. You play mobsters. But that um, was wicked. I, I fucking... I, I, well, I bought that from my local game shop. I'd like to review to, on it in the future, actually. Yeah. Um, they appear to have like bought a bunch of indie RPGs, and uh, which is which is pretty cool, because they don't usually do that kind of stuff. They usually oh, just what, the old... Uh, you know who? Yeah, I know. Wow, what do you know the, what the hell? The really funny thing is, is when I under uh, new I'm, management or something. <laughs> no, I really didn't want to. I really didn't want to go in there because you know we've had some bad experiences with that <laughs> local game store. They're just the worst pushers. The, the funny thing is, is that when I go in there, you know, we always get the worst customer service. Yeah. When I bought this one, um, the no words were exchanged to this. What? So that was something. What? I literally went in there, right? I picked it up, I put it on the counter. He didn't say hello to me. I didn't say hello to him. He just put put the card machine out. I put it in, tapped in my pin, and then I left. <laughs> no, nobody said anything. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. He was trying so hard to be like, you ever played Magic the Gathering? Oh man. Uh, the worst one was when I went in there and I was fucking looking at the Magic the Gathering cards when I used to play it, right? <laughs> And they asked me to join the club, and oh, uh, they went. They went. Oh, you should come and meet the club. And then they brought up two thirteen-year-olds, and I'm oh, like, I'm 27. No. What are you doing? Do you remember when we went there? And he was like, "Shall I give you the grand tour?" And before you knew it, we was like down in the basement and stuff. I'd have to admit that was quite nice of them, but they are they are just mad. The both of them, they're, they're, they're geared up for great. Like it's brilliant what they've got, but they're just so smug. Yeah, I remember when he showed us Mountains of Madness called a Cthulhu book, and he was like, "It was like I've got this," and we're like, "Oh, cool, is that for sale?" And he's like, "No, no, it's mine." Why are you, so, why are you showing us to us then? And then out, no, the point? And then out of nowhere, the other one's like, "I painted this." He's like, "Oh, it was nice." Is it for sale? No, just look how good the painting is. Why, why are you showing me? Is this a shop or is this just a show-off show? city? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So yeah, I actually braved that shop to get your gift. Thanks, done. man. I really appreciate it because that is literally uh, that's like... a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Getting in there and getting back out again. So yeah, thank you very much. And um, yeah, review of uh, review of it. Costa Nostra. Coming soon. Costa Nostra Spain. Coming soon. I'm facing <laughs> away from my mic. I apologise. So I fucking, I bought the GURPS GM screen from the Facebook uh, group Got to say, this is one of the suckiest GM screens I've ever bought in my life. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Steve Jackson, man, what's what's wrong with you, man? You always fucking, you always let me down. You do some good shit sometimes, but but other times it's like hey, look at this shit, man. I mean, the artwork that's sucks. A screen. That no, the artwork's it's all right. I mean, yeah. that if you if you I'm not fold over by the artwork. No, I mean it's it's a bit soulless, isn't it? So you've got a, an elf shooting a bow at some sort of bat-like creatures. Next to her is a woman sort of. I mean, you can only describe that as sort of like a dildo cannon, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then true. There's, there's a man who looks... He just looks like he, he he's bored by all of this. What's he wearing? Uh, Civil War outfit? Yeah. And then he's got a lightsaber. You've got I mean, a resplendent actually, gentleman in a black suit holding a shock But his smile torch. as well. He looks like he's stoned. The fact of the matter is, is that... Actually, this sounds brilliant, by the way I'm describing it. But it's when true. you look at it, it it's, it's really crap. I don't know. Cra- now, crap's a strong word. It's just... Boring. Uh, it's yeah, nothing. Yeah. And then um, the actual the the actual data on the back is fine, mm-hmm. but it's one of those ones that's really thin and a bit crap. So there's a lot know. in there. Yeah. You'd need to um, put some kind of like little sticky label or something this, right? to find. What I hate stuff. about this is one. It's one where when it folds out, all the information is shown to your players. So you see that. Oh yeah. So what the hell? Either that, so, or so, you've got to have the smallest screen in the world. So it's only a two two sided screen. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. Oh get, no. Get that out of here, Steve Jackson. What are you up to, Steve Jacko? And I got fucking. I've, and the next thing uh, that I bought was Golden Sky Stories. That looks really cool. So this is really good. This comes from uh, Rio Camia, who um, people will know is the creator of Made. Don't switch off the podcast. Made's great. Yeah. So. 
we love made right but my point is is that this is very 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 different to made it mm-hmm. is japanese but the golden sky stories is if you like studio ghibli movies mm-hmm. it's that oh, but yeah. rpg so brilliant it's it's not uh, the, the tagline is heartwarming role playing. So in this, you sort of play as these sort of um, weird sort of half animal hybrid people, right? So if you've ever seen the the, uh, the anime movie Wolf Children, or if you've read that manga, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And you have sort of like animal powers and stuff, and you're supposed cool. to play out these sort of like heartwarming stories that are known as episodes and things like this. Haven't read too much into it, but that is sort of it. it says. On the back, there is a certain town. In this town, we have seen them. It is a time when the mysterious is normal. It is a time when the animals can turn into people. And there are meetings which become stories. And there are treasures that you can find without fighting. So, I don't know. Seems quite good. But but then, to be fair, you know, you can still put a dark edge on it if you want it to. Still, sure. still have killing people in yeah, there. You still have death in it if you want it. Everything's got to have death. I don't, yeah. I don't get out of bed without death. Um, no, but my point is, is that with this, I, I sort of... I not sure about it but my point is, is I that love the cover up I wanted to buy it because uh, I wanted to see what it was like because I, I quite like the idea of having a game that's based around heartwarming stories mm. but the thing is I didn't really want to pay that much for it and that's got a lot of room for comedy uh, yeah exactly a lot a lot of room for comedy and I've seen I've seen it most places for like 20 quid 25 quid and I just thought mm, mm. for that I don't know so I got it for 7 so wow. I was like alright very fine. good yeah, yeah 7 quid well. can't grumble with that can yeah you might as well try it for that fair play and lastly I'm just going to quickly touch on this because I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth but look what finally came hey. it's massive here he is <laughs> it's the giant hardback 20th anniversary Deadlands Kickstarter. He means Deadlands Classic 20th Anniversary Edition. I finally got my hands on it. It's turned up. Well, it's actually brilliant because a lot of my Kickstarters that I backed like last year and the beginning of this year are actually finally starting to deliver up. now. Yeah. So Pinnacle have done the impossible. They have actually, um, they what they've done is they've bought someone else's property, pretended it's their own, and they've bought it out. They, they've done what they always do. Well done, Pinnacle. No, but I'm being very, very cynical about the Pinnacle because... To be fair, even though this isn't theirs and they are sort of pretending it's their own property and like it's their flagship product, this is an amazing book, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's lovely. And it's, it's just cool to have it back out in print again. Yeah, absolutely. And brand, brand new. Yeah, yeah it's even, all, all even colour Even if it isn't now. the original guys. <laughs> it's, um, it's all colour. The book's huge. I mean, jeez. That is one of the nicest books I've ever seen in my life. Let's I'm Turbo Jelly, Nick. Turbo Jelly. Yeah, 400 pages, mate. 400 pages 400 pages and how much goodness. was that it's only like 30 quid uh, the kickstarter in the end actually ended, I actually ended up getting a bit punched in the gut because they hit oh, you postage. with postage yes uh, and even though it was meant to be friendly it still ended up I think in the end in total I think it cost me about 70 quid to, <laughs> to get it here so Jeezy, crazy pinnacle that's why I was a bit like Okay, yeah, so Nick, <laughs> Nick was just making a face and holding his kickstarter stretch cards Okay, so you've got two <laughs> bookmarks there. No, four. Oh, oh, okay, four bookmarks. But that's really worth the 70 quid. <laughs> okay, you know what? That actually is a bit worse. But you know what? That is something you will treasure forever because that is a beautiful what, book. What, the bookmark? No, the, no, the, the, book, the, book, the book itself. Yeah. The book's May I have a look at the bookmarks? These have got adverts on them. What? You fucking cunts. Are you kidding me? Continue the story with Deadlands Reloaded. Oh, oh they're advertising oh. The, the Savage Worlds version. <laughs> So yeah, stretch goal, my ass. <laughs> oh, Nick, these are quite nice, but they've got adverts on the back. Seventy quid bookmark. Fucking that, that is- <laughs> <laughs> 
That's um, pinnacle all over, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. Cynical pinnacle. Hey, who's still playing the goon? <laughs> Oh, that's fucking no, that's really <laughs> that really has. Sorry, man. No, no, but I, I do think in the end it is worth it though. Because the, the book's amazing. It's beautiful. It's, a, it's you know, it's a piece of history. It's been redone, full color, hardback. Um, so yeah, money well spent. I think it was. Just, it's just when you were holding those bookmarks. I'm so angry. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh shit. Oh, that's that's good. But there you go. Plus, I get a plus one on my javelin. One last thing is that we played Gen Lab Alpha last night. Nick, give us a lowdown. What's give us Gen right. Lab okay, Alpha? so Gen Lab Alpha. Uh, the easiest way I could put it is um, uh, Prison Break meets the animals of Farthing Wood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Michael Dogfield. <laughs> so basically, um, it's a post-apocalyptic setting where. Humans have gone and ucked off somewhere, you know, long time ago, war, wipeout, everything like this. Um, you, li- you live as an animal, a mutated animal slash human. So basically you stand upright, you can use your hands you can, uh, as hands rather than paws, or paws as hands, should I say. You can use tools, you're um, capable of abstract thinking, and you can talk. Um, so basically you're, you're a human, human-shaped animal, if you like. So um, yeah, and you are all live in this huge place it's called paradise valley which is actually a prison it's surrounded by electric fences um each animals each type of animal has their own habitat called uh, their tribes and they are basically ruled by this these evil uh, robots that do wicked experiments on you abduct you do morning raids and they're basically your jailers if you like um and you yeah you play animals fighting back against your evil um robot captors but but we are going to leave it there because we want to do a full episode on this yeah. because I absolutely loved it. I, mm-hmm. I'm i not going to talk too much about it, but this GenLab Alpha is fucking great. Um, to anybody that uh, is intrigued by that setting, go and check it out. Mm-hmm. I it's a, it's a little bit on the expensive side because I, I was thinking it would be about 30 quid. Oh, it's like it? 35 mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's just over that point where mm-hmm. you're like, but... It's a nice big book, it's mm-hmm. hardback, and it's full colour, and the art is some of the best art I've ever seen. Main. Subject. Main. Subject. Main subject. So this is the main subject, and this time we're doing a party pack jamboree. Mm-hmm. So basically what this is, is we just, um, we picked up some, we picked up, <laughs> we picked out some uh, smaller products some some things that we wouldn't usually have um dedicate an entire episode to mm-hmm. and uh we're going to talk about those yeah so yeah we got three we got three random things for you today we um, scoured our, ha- our houses didn't we to find some cool stuff exactly and we think you're going to like them and mm-hmm. i don't think we're going to reveal them now we'll reveal them as we go along yeah we'd like it to be a surprise for you guys it's like, it's like a big stocking you put your big fist in there and you just grab and you, you see what you get you wriggle around a little bit you pull out real quick and see what's in your hand so the first one let's pull it out He triggered the rear guns once more. A direct hit. The blue car skidded as the driver lost control and then flipped and caught fire. That would teach him not to tailgate. (laughs) (laughs) Seems a bit extreme, doesn't it? Oh my god. So cheesy. I love it. That's brilliant. So that um, is from the back of the box of um, Car Wars. Yes. So we are talking about Car Wars from Steve Jackson. 
Um, so Nick, I've just handed in the box. So, yeah, basically, um, I've just put on the show notes here, describe the story, and I've forgotten it a bit, so <laughs> bear with me, listeners. Um, basically, as far as I'm aware, right, this is set in the um, in the future, right, and I, I've seemed to remember, right, something about grain. Um, <laughs> oh, grain? No, grain. So, like, grain is, like, grain production's gone really low, shit's gone really bad. Oh, right, you got it. And then, like, basically, all the... Um, all the people start getting in right into automotive dueling, and as you get, do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm hungry. Let's go have a car fight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the police, it gets so bad that the police can't deal with it anymore. So they just make a, a national sport in America. <laughs> so is this the prequel to um, what's that game you like playing? Bad Max. No, not Bad Max. Sad Max. No, what's the car? Rocket League. Oh, Rocket League. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. That's the, um, that's the game. So. No, and basically, yeah, so they made AADA is formed, which I think is the American Automotive Dueling Association. <laughs> Brilliant. So, that, yeah, basically, that that's uh, so that's formed. And then after that, like, it becomes this, like, sport that everyone does. You're allowed to do it. Everyone goes and watch it. It's like death race. It's a whole, take the whole family out. Go see people <laughs> go destroy. People die. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the old, uh, it's like the old, the old, uh, the old lynchings of the of the old days. You know. So so like I've just handed you the box, Nick. So it's a reprint because it's in incredible condition. Uh, might be. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it belongs really, to my brother. Really good condition. So you can buy the Car Wars box, right? And basically, this has it comes with uh, what does it come with, Nick? A big map. So this a is a huge double-sided map. So that um, map uh, that contains the main arena, which mm-hmm. which would be the circuit one. Yeah, the circuit is the that's the um, American automotive dueling arena. And right? this one, uh, that'd be the other one. That's yeah, the other one. arena. Gotcha. Right. So, so it's a giant map. So yeah, basically, you've got a giant map. You've got all the minis rule in book. there. Yeah, um, the rule book. And you've got a turning key, which you can use to play without um, maps. Oh, cool, And then yep. you've got uh, car sheets and bike sheets. Microscopic dice. Microscopic dice. Loads of tokens. And yes, oh, oh I see. So your character sheet is your car. Is your car. Wicked. Right. Recycle. So, yeah, that's basically <laughs> that's basically what comes in the box. Very nice. Yep. So, yeah, like, um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you want additional ships, you can get additional arenas... Um, like highway maps, things like this, and um, you can get all of this. Um, basically, uh, there was a there was a magazine that came out right. called um, Auto Jewel Quarterly Magazine, <laughs> and um, yeah, this was an in-universe magazine. It was written as if it's from that world. Yeah, wicked. That's and cool. that I came like that. out for a long time, and loads of the back issues are available on CarWars.SJGames.com. Excellent. So you can go and read those right now. Um, yeah, so it's really really cool and. I know what you're thinking. Basically, most of the time you're going to use those two maps that are in the um, in the actual box. Yeah. And basically, I know that sounds boring, but what it is is it's supposed to be like a sport. So it's like it's like yeah. playing on the same pitch in football all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. So it's kind of like that. Um, but a lot of people think that this is basically a skirmish game, and it kind of is. It's not really an RPG. If you read the rules, mm. um, it's not typically an RPG but what a lot of people do is they'll add RPG elements to yeah. this to keep it fun so what you do is you'll have different scenarios um, to, to skirmishes so mm-hmm. you'll be like okay this time 
um, the big bollock boys have come in from another town and they, they, they're threatening your title, mate. So what are you going to do? You and can they, have that? And yeah, and, and a lot of people will have a GURPS character sheet for outside. Ah, uh, outside uh, of the arena. Exactly. And then, they'll, and then they'll have dramas going on and they'll, they'll have shit like this. Awesome. And, Things like this, so so most people would do that and add these sort of like role playing game elements. So you could inject this into a huge GURPS compa- campaign if you wanted to. I would say that the the campaign, because of how how complicated the rules are and things like this, it would have to revolve around auto dueling. It would have right. to be like a Car Wars campaign. Got ya. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. But yeah, it's really really cool. So it's it is cool. a skirmish game, but it's a skirmish game that can be played as an RPG, mm-hmm. which is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. When you get into the rules, though. They are terribly hard to comprehend. Cool, yeah. The and and the reason is, is because, once again, much like GURPS, Steve Jackson writes like a fucking moron. <laughs> so I, I said the same thing about GURPS, right? I remember once I was talking to my buddy Eric, and he was telling me that GURPS is like one of the most complicated systems in the world. And he was he was saying, like, oh, don't you... He was taking the piss out of it, and he was saying, I think, something along the lines of, um, don't you have to roll, like, um, for dice to um, determine how many hairs you have on the back of your head before you do anything and all of this and I was like that's not my impression of GURPS at all that's fatal mate no if, yeah if, if, if that came across in the GURPS rule book that's because he's done a terrible job about of writing about it mm. the fact of the matter is, is GURPS is written quite badly as well yeah but our game flows it's very simple and it? has a great flow to it yeah and same goes for Car Wars but it's written so badly right so badly Steve but once you once you get into it and you sort of like start to read it yeah but Steve come on mate come on mate what was you pissed when you was writing this but yeah here's a basic grasp on how driving works you basically have five phases on each turn right mm-hmm. so depending on your car's speed um, you, you move on a different phase as in like how fast you're going at that time not yep. your car's speed stat but you can trade one inch on the map of forward momentum for a manoeuvre so and acceleration or deceleration depends on your car and how and like what mods you have built into it. And handling is dependent on your a combination of your vehicle's handling class and your driver's reflexes. But this can change circumstantially. So your vehicle has like a current handling status. Okay. So basically, its default is its handling class, but mm-hmm. this will go down if you fail a maneuver or hit a hazard. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? If you take a if you take a dink, it's going to affect your maneuverability. You might damage your car a little bit, or exactly, you know. exactly. And every time it goes down, yep. you have to roll on a control table, which basically tells you if you lose control or not. Cool. So if you lose control completely, you may need to refer to the crash oh, table. Oh dear. Yeah, and this is really cool. It's like things from a minor skid to flipping your uh-huh. car to you might fucking... Will just, falls off. Yeah, something like that. It's yeah. really, really cool. Horn's um, just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, and you're just like, why is this happening? But, why? <laughs> but yeah, I really, really like like the way it works. It's actually quite quite elegant. It gives mm. it quite a realistic feel to driving. It's it's a little bit on the crunchy side, but okay. not, not that much. I mean, you saw how long the rule book is. Yeah, not, it's not, not that, that, that long. I mean, what are we looking at? Uh, 60 63 pages. pages. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that, it's not huge, is it? I mean, yeah, and I mean, that's an A4, you know, it's a small pamphlet size. And, and the actual book. bit just about the driving isn't that long. So, no. so I mean, it's, it's easy. It's easy once you get your head around it and you can understand um, Steve Jackson's writing. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, um, there's sample vehicles in here. You've got scenarios, accessories, vehicle design. Cool. So you can proper go into depth on your yeah. vehicle design, which is really cool. But yeah, there's a bit about maneuvers. So mm-hmm. basically, like, whenever you attempt a maneuver, it has a difficulty assigned, and the higher the number, the more difficult it is to succeed. And mm-hmm. that's about it. 
So the book gives examples such as a drift, a controlled skid, a T-stop, a fishtail, and combat is basically pretty straightforward, but it adds specific rules for some of the important stuff, such as vehicular fire and how likely each weapon is to start a fire in a car, depending on where it hits it. Um, but you've got what the book calls hand weapons. So there's their guns like wielded by humans, such as submachine guns and pistols. So you can like lean out and We're just talking shoot road rage car. style now. Exactly. Nice. And then you've got mounted weapons such as laser weaponry, flamethrowers, rocket launchers, and dropped weapons such as flaming oil. So now we're talking rock and roll racing. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got mine droppers and spike droppers. Awesome. And um, does one character that drives a car, or can you have multiple people? You can in have a, car? a crew in your you car, can, with yeah. You. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you could have, you could like have um, uh, two drivers in one car. Awesome. So you, it does say that you could, you could have two P, two players mm-hmm. be in one car. Wicked. So if you wanted to like be oh, a, two PCs in one car, yeah. So awesome. you could be um, have have a, a whole crew man one car. So yeah. If you wanted to be one team, yeah. And or uh, oh, see, and that I, could be fun. That up. could be a lot of fun. You know, the whole the whole te- the whole party is one big team in a huge truck. Exactly. Ass. So you could even have if you had five players, like you could have four guys in one car or mm-hmm. two two guys in one car and then three outrider motorbikes yeah. or something like this, and be a team and face off against other teams. A death things convoy. Like this. Yeah, I like it, um, mate. To be fair, I don't know if there are any rules in like actual rules in the. Um, AADA about that, you know, right. in in world yeah. rules, do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But like, you could do that. You add them, yeah, of course yeah. you can, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the vehicles are awesome as well. You've got cars, motorbikes, and trikes, basically. Trikes, if nice. I'm not mistaken, I'm uh-huh. fairly certain you can play boats and planes too, but well. I think that might be an add-on that was in uh, Automotive Dueling yeah, Monthly. Yeah, sure, be out, it's like, there'd be like a river map, you know, a lake map or something like yeah, that. I'm yeah, fairly, that's cool. I'm fairly certain you can do that because I think there might be boat tokens in the box. Oh, sweet, uh, so, nice. Yeah, you can do that. Um, but yeah, and all of the cars, you can basically mod them with fuckloads of accessories like oh, targeting man. computers, yeah. shit like this. So you can you can mod out your suspension. You can There's loads in here. You can have power plants. You can change your chassis, weapons, cargo holds, accelerations, yeah, tires. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like everything you want, man. It's it's pure cheese, but the actual playing it... <laughs> this is a bit, this is a bit um, weightist. For game purposes, all humans are assumed to weigh 150 pounds. What yeah. about the large large people in, well, in, yeah. the world, in the world? I want to be a fatty. Yeah, right? what if you want to be a fatty driver? Because that would be yeah, that would be brilliant. It, <laughs> yeah, on the cycle. Yeah, if you wanted to launch yourself onto somebody else's car as a weapon to slow somebody down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> Put him in the cannon. Off I go. We have to play Tip this game. Bitch. <laughs> Just fucking head goes through the wind mirror. I, I completely agree. After reading it, um, yeah, that's basically it. That's all I've got to say on Car Wars. But basically, it's cool. after reading it, I think it would be fucking fantastic to play a game in that. You know, um, especially if you see some of the drama that fucking happens in Robot Wars in this country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, imagine that, but if, if this were people's actual lives on the line, I mean, that would yeah. be so much fun. Or just like a wheel falls off and it's like, shit, get out, grab that wheel. I mean, it you have to like, like put it back on quickly before you get blown up again or something. I mean, it sounds it sounds amazing. Mm. It, imagine, it, like, like, imagine how much fun we had in the fucking... Um, 
the car battle in, in Bubblegum Crisis recently, imagine if that was fleshed out and it was a system made specifically for car battles. Oh, and man. then we added some role-playing in with some GURPS character sheets I was just about to say, also, remember how much fun we had in the GURPS game when we were in a big arena fight competition and all the crowd were cheering and all that, like, people were going crazy, well, yeah. Jane the Beheader and all that? Imagine that element, but rather than fighting, it's car fighting. You've got a big arena, people cheering mm-hmm. you on, you've got all the showmanship. It, oh, mate, it's, it sounds pretty, it sounds really good. So, yeah, I, I really, really highly recommend getting mm. this. You can pick it up on Amazon for like 20 quid that's, for that box. That's not bad at all. So, you yeah. get everything you need straight out of the box. I mean, like you said, or even if it's not, maybe not so much a campaign, you could, it could just be a, almost like a one-shot, a different a different one-shot. Yeah. You know, if you don't fancy playing a, a, a run-of-the-mill RPG, you crack Car Wars out for a change. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I'm really Great. impressed with it, actually. And at that price, it's very good. So, yeah, Car Wars, mate. Go check, check Car Wars out. It's a classic. Light RPG where cats save the world and the humans just open the tuna. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, so basically, this is Call of Cat Fulu. Very clever. Very clever. Very clever. Joel Sparks. Um, I like what he's done there. It's basically a game where you play cats. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, you play cats, you and you save the world, uh, uh, um, and all this is done kind of like behind the, like in secret, and the humans don't understand. So rather than, so rather than the humans thinking that they own the, you know, it's my pet and I look after the cat. Oh no no, truth is, when they go out to work and stuff, they're stopping evil monsters from taking over and stuff like that. So this is, um, wait, it's not called Call of Cthulhu though. Yes, it is. No, oh, it is. <laughs> I thought it was Cats of Cthulhu. No, it's Call of Cthulhu. Why did I think that? I'm an idiot. That might be the third book. Oh, right. Uh, no, mind. that's Worlds of Cthulhu. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, sorry. Book two is Cats of Cthulhu. So I've just interrupted oh, the flow. Call of Cthulhu. Sorry, right. Yeah, so anyway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. So you play cats. Um, so the way what I like is very rules light. It's very easy. The way they, they, they word it in the book is the fact that um, cats can't do maths. So the game shouldn't have any kind of maths in it. So there's no need to add things up and stuff like that. It's very, very simple. You can just use a normal dice, normal six-sided dice. And it's basically, um, well, with, with the cat dice you come, you get a happy cat or a sad cat. If you get two happy cats, it's a success. And that's about it. There's no numbers. Um, or you get, sorry, so an easy challenge would be, you know, one, uh, you've just got to get one, one, uh, one cat face out of a row. Or a normal challenge, you might have to have two, two and if it's difficult. Free and you it goes into good detail about what type of cat you are. So right, so yeah, so when you're creating your cat, first of all you need to determine what role you want. So you could be uh there's five roles. You could be a cat <laughs> a cat robot, which is basically yeah, self explanatory. So your gymnastic, your agility is really good, stuff like that. A pussyfoot. Mm. Uh you could be a scrapper, which is a, you know, the old Tom cat down the road with a torn up ear. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. you could be a tiger dreamer, which is almost like a seer or like a kind of you know, a mystical kind of cat. So he's the one that will probably determine where the badness is. Probably, yeah. Um, and you've also got the... Uh, oh, or you've got the two photologists, which is basically cats that have studied human behaviour. And they understand how humans work. They understand how things that humans use work. Because remember, you're a cat, so you don't know how a computer works. You don't know. I mean, just being in a house that's been locked is a difficult situation to be in if you need to get out. You have to use your cat, catty skills to kind of, you know, just do the most mundane things. Um, yeah, so once you've picked your role uh, on what type of cat you're going to be, your next step, uh, your next, well, let's just read, shall I read Tiger Dreamer to you? 
All cats know that they are tigers in disguise. If humans and dogs choose to be fooled by size, all the easier to get away with things. A tiger dreamer has a special connection with cats' mighty ancestry. This cat sleeps a lot, even more than other cats, and in dreams finds answers. Awake, the dreamer's lifetime of accumulated wisdom about the true tiger way helps other cats succeed. So yeah, so they're like a kind of wise, mystical cat. Nice. Um, and the two, yeah, I like the two footologists. That's really cool. So many cats live with humans. Some brainy cats have made a close and extensive study of two of the two foots and their ways. Two footologists don't like the nickname poker, but that's what many call them. A poker often knows or can figure out how human devices work from doorknobs to toilets to simple machines. So yeah, so they're the guys. They're they're the guys you need to to understand the human world if you like. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's your. So they're your roles. Um, once you determine what role you want, you then go into um, a, you then go into like your appearance, you know, and you can say like what type of breed you are. If you're an indoor cat, you're an outdoor cat. You know, you're spotty or, or so. What kind of adventures do you play in this? In is it like fucking? What, are you are you taking down Cthulhu Cthul- 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 monsters? Because on the second on the second one, what's that fucking thing that's on the front of it? it looks like a whale. It's like a, it's like a fish cat. Yeah. So the second book, so yeah, it comes in like the first book's kind of just a, an introductory. If that's you like. like the character creation book. Exactly, character creation small instruction on, on, on things like you know the just the, play. the rules yeah you have things like um you can kind of like push a roll um I think you use like treats and things like this um the second book's more about the world so you've got all like old cat gods and stuff or you've got like not even just um cat gods you've got like um the toad god you've got snaro nephotep you've got the of course. In- you've got the insect god you've got the rat god you've got you know the dog dog gods and all this and like yeah, so these are animal gods, some good, some bad. And obviously, their evil influences are trying to take over the world. But behind... Oh, it's almost like a secret secret war, if you like. The humans are completely oblivious to all this. And you cats are basically protecting. So, like, at night, you'll go out, you'll be fighting monsters. Or monster animals, yeah. So, exactly. Oh, okay. So, I, I see. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so... It's like, uh, so, it's like beyond... But at night, all the animals come to life. They're actually secretly evil, and the cats are the ones protecting society. Exactly, that's exactly. So that's, that's, and, and then you use all these abilities to basically fight evil. Exactly. So, do, can you talk to uh, each I, other? Uh, oh, that's a, no, you can't talk. As in, um, I, oh, that's a very good point actually, because I've read about this. You can't talk to the humans, obviously. No, but, but can you, I think you can understand each other. So yeah, so you just but, in, in, you know, kind of hisses and and, and what. But I assume you would just say. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But, but I assume you would just say to each other at the table, I, I'm I'm talking in cat, <laughs> but you were just talking English. Yeah, I was thinking... as opposed to sitting there just meowing at each other. All it's night. like what are you saying? That might, that might just get bloody annoying. <laughs> Imagine yeah. if we were playing at yours, Nick, and then Carmen came in to like get a cup of tea or something like that. She would just think we're nuts. What the hell? What well, we'd just be like meow meow meow. Well, do you know it was quite funny actually because um, last night she was like, "Oh, I was listening to your game. I was actually getting quite into it." And you know when we was all like, bruh, bruh. "Anyway, bruh, bruh. we was having a bit of like, and we was all talking, and then like the the we was doing like, oh yeah, because in general we play animals, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. we we and my character's a toad, so <laughs> so like we were sort of um, interjecting our speech with like um, our animal noises, and so uh, every so often it'd be we, there was like quite a serious bit, wasn't wasn't there? And I, I was just like. Listen, I'll help you as long as I can bleh, find my brother. You gotta help me, bleh. <laughs> it was like, and when when you when you uh, when you done your animal power, but you messed up your agility, so you kind of landed in th- on, the, on the ground and then flew away so quick, no one noticed, and you just like, bleh, and then you was gone. I think like Call of Cthulhu would be <laughs> full of moments of like those. Yeah. You, you know what it reminds me of a little bit is the Nibelonians from Futurama. Because they're like really cute, but they 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 deal with these like cosmic level threats. Exactly. And they're, that's and it, they're just that's like, it. no, we are not cute. 
We are actually protectors of the universe. And they're like, aww. Aren't you sweet? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not sweet. Yeah, so I think, um, what, what do you think, Nick? It, it looks good. It looks think- fun. It looks... Um, it looks like something. I think it's a good game for like if you just want something really different, really quick. To, if you've been playing a lot of D and D, or you've been playing a lot of something, or you've been playing you know, big old campaigns where you've got to take all these kind of stats into in, into consideration, and you've got in this you just roll roll a couple of dice in, and it's like um, either just successes and fails. Exactly, and that's it. And then as simple as that. Pick a class, successes and fails. Be a cat, nice get some cat powers, um, and do cat like things and save the universe. So it's it might be good cool. good little game for one shots and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. So, so with regards to the third book, we can't find it on the internet so we're just but what gonna, I do, when I get it we're doing it again we'll do a full we'll review probably once, talk about once it. we've played it and stuff we'll do a we'll maybe do a, a, a full review a full website on it yeah or we'll probably no we'll probably just talk about it on what you've been yeah, saying or something true, like that yeah, I, don't, I don't think that book's going to be big enough that's that. true <laughs> um, but yeah like uh, so yeah that's cool that's well, cool, cool of Call of Catfulu it's uh, nice and cheap you can get it on drive through RPG uh, on print on demand I believe and I think it's about 15 quid for the book if that tenner um and yeah, the first book's very small, but if you do like it, go out and get yourself the second book because it's about three times the size. And yeah. it's full colour. Uh, it goes into all the gods. Cheap as fuck as well. Cheap as hell. Yeah. And um, it's cracking. So yeah, it was written by Joel Sparks. Well done, Joel. And I look forward to playing it. You're a perfectly ordinary schoolgirl at Sakuraba High. Well, ordinary apart from you're a cyborg. <laughs> no, wait, I, need to start, I need to start that again. I need to start that again. I hadn't read that. Don't laugh. Oh, sorry. Okay. You're a perfectly ordinary schoolgirl at Sakuraba High. Well, ordinary apart from being a cyborg and a cat girl. And your best friend is normal too, though. Apart from being a demon with an overactive imagination, of course. You were having a pretty typical day at school. You know, a ninja attack during homeroom. Then you found a secret treasure. Then Freddie Mercury stopped by the school. Normal stuff. <laughs> Fuck's oh. sake, man. Freddie's just in the background. Of course we are talking about schoolgirl RPG. Of course, of course we are. You know, just a ninja attack. It wouldn't be a tabletop twats episode without some weird Japanese shit. Oh man. Uh, Actually, believe it or not, mate, this isn't Japanese. No? No, no, no. It's Japanese inspired, but it is, um, yeah, it is written by a bloke called Ewan Clooney, and I will get into that in a bit. But Mm. I came to have this game because my lovely mum bought it for me as a gift. Oh, bless. She clearly knows. Oh, happy me birthday, well, by the way. It was her birthday the other day, wasn't it? It was. Happy yeah. birthday, Mum. I don't know if she listens to this anymore. I think she got fed up after that sexy episode that we did. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, my mum bought me this. Um, so she clearly knows me very well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like basically, this is written by a bloke called Ewan Clooney, right? And you, uh, you I recognise keep... that name. Yes, he was the translator for Made. Ah, yes. Right. And what he's done here. Is he has one hundred percent ripped off the made rule set and used it to make his own game? Oh, and that's his game. Yep. Oh dear. So it's a little bit cheeky what he's done here, <laughs> and not only that, but his other games, Magical Fury and another one that he did, use the same rule set as well. Right. So he's been dining off the shit he learnt from when he translated Made, <laughs> and he's made a little career out of it, mate. So I don't know if I'm happy with that, but there you go. Well, there you go. Is that legal? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose it depends if the 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 the, the dice system is copyright mm. or not. If it's not. I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit cheeky, but basically, mm. 
in Made Right, if you if you recall, you re- you roll a d6 and then add your ability score yep. to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you fail a task, you take stress points yep. equal to, uh, I believe, if I recall correctly, it was the um, losing score divided by the winning score. That's right. Like yeah, that, right? I'm sure, it was something like that. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'll explain how this works, right? So this game is basically the same as made, but set in a school. So the GM is a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or teachers. Yeah. And uh, the players are schoolgirls. So whenever you do anything, you roll a D6. Oh, so it's, a sc- it's an all-girls school then? Not quite. No, you can't. There are rules to play as as blokes as well. Similar, okay. Similarly to Made. Made right. is called Made RPG, course, but you yeah. can play butlers. Yeah. Um, I think it's just called that to sort of rope people in. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's sort of encouraged that you play a schoolgirl because mm-hmm. it's funnier. Yes, yeah, of you, course. They, I think they know that most role players are, are men, and yeah. so they think it's funny to get people to be schoolgirls. I think that's basically <laughs> it. Got yeah. But exactly the same as Made. Whenever you do anything, you roll a d6 and add the ap- appropriate attribute. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you'll have the the game will call to roll a d6. Six six. So you roll two dice, and then you uh, take the each one is a digit, right? So you read it from left to right. So if you roll one and a three, that's a thirteen. Yep. Um, or the six six six. So if you roll one two three, that's one hundred twenty three. Same as uh, mutant year zero uses that as well. And made as yep. well. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, because he's ripped it right the fuck off. Rip that shit off, mate. Well, you, well, I'm watching you, Clooney. Yeah, I've started a new game. It's called uh, uh, Gen Rab Falfa. Uh, it's, it's loosely <laughs> yeah, based. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my, my new one is called Fungins and Fragons. Uh, <laughs> and my new co- company is called Fizzards of the Coast. <laughs> now hold on a minute. Oh, no, no, that's a completely original. Okay, and you can't do enough. you can't do shit. I've um, got a new game called Burps. <laughs> a generic universal uh, bowl plan. Another one. So um yeah, basically uh yeah, you, you got stats in this right, and uh, the the stats that you have to add your d6 roll to are athletics, charm, cunning, guts, luck, and study. Mm-hmm. Um, each schoolgirl also has a special quality. You can either roll randomly or pick these. So your special quality can be things like cross-dresser, <laughs> biker delinquent. De- <laughs> biker delinquent. Yeah. Um, demon, vampire, or you have um, anime tropes in here. And this guy really knows his stuff because you've got things like sundere or hikikomori. Oh, you have to tell me what they are. So sundere, I believe, is somebody that is um, reserved and shy at first, but then lets out their true emotions later once you get to know them. Okay. And then hikikomori is somebody that stays stays inside most of the time and is depressed which mm-hmm. I don't see how that works because you wouldn't go to school um, <laughs> but there you go <laughs> it's just the, it's, so, just so the that, um, it's just the um, it's the emo one isn't it that's yeah but that's like basically if you play that you just don't play the game you, you just <laughs> you turn up like oh I rolled Hikikomori I'm going home guys Bye. see you later <laughs> good game hey good game guys <laughs> good game GG's um, so in the expanded version um there's there's absolutely loads. So basically, the the this is, I've got the expanded the complete edition here. Oh, excellent. Um, so uh, in the expanded version, there's absolutely fucking loads of these uh, of these like special qualities, right? And there there's there's a um, actual d six 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 table, so yeah. you can roll three three d six to determine which one you get. And there's cool. absolutely tons. So he's put loads of effort into that. So basically, um, in this game, the the schoolgirls basically have to struggle to live mundane school lives and appease the teacher. Right, and failure to do this and failure on any role will cause them to take stress. So, um, essentially, once you reach your stress limit, exactly the same as made. So, anybody that's familiar with that system, they will do a stress explosion, whether yeah. they like it or not. Now, this basically he wouldn't have ripped off favour though, would he? <laughs> he has. <laughs> surprise, oh. surprise. But it's called it's called something else. <laughs> 
So, yeah, but in this, he's just yeah. Stress explosions was yep. this thing that was in made, but it's called the exact same thing. So basically, what this is is whether you like it or not, your character is going to do something against their will. So each character has their own signature stress explosion. So it might you might start throwing things, you might start crying, it being indiscriminately violent, setting things on fire, <laughs> or wrestling people. Yeah. Now these ones, um, all of them in this are unique to this game. So to be fair, he has made up his new ones, except for the crying one. That, that one was the same. But... <laughs> <laughs> but then you have um, you, you have plot points, right? Okay, yeah. So that's what he's called favor. So you can use these to remove stress, and you lose you lose one every time you have a stress explosion. Mm-hmm. So you can get these back if you impress the teacher by doing something awesome. Okay, yeah. So like for example, if I recall correctly, in Maid. Now I'm sorry for being a sexist, <laughs> but in Maid, somebody gave the the um, the master. A, a sexual sexual maneuver, didn't they? <laughs> yes, did. and then they and then they got a, a favor point back. Yeah. So yeah, you could do things like that. But uh, additionally, people also got favor by doing sick combat moves. Yep. They did it by cleaning well. They did it by doing loads of stuff. witty quips. Yeah, loads of things. So, yeah. um, if your um, plot points reach zero, you're expelled and you're out of the game. Oh boy. Bizarrely, it doesn't actually say that in the book anywhere. Oh. Um, but. I know that's the rules because I've read Maid. Right, yeah, so, yeah, So, yeah. funny enough... Oh, yeah, because you get sacked in Maid, didn't you? But he accidentally <laughs> left that out of his book. Oops. <laughs> I only knew that because I've got Maid. That, that was a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've also got schoolgirl powers. So, you see what your highest attribute is, roll on a table, and then you get a power relating to that attribute. So, okay. for example, if your highest attribute is charm, you might get this one, instant party. <laughs> you can spend one plot point to have everything turn into a giant party. <laughs> so, you could be in the middle of a class, right? Some shit goes down that you don't like. The teacher's coming towards you. And she goes, hey, you passing a note? And you go, instant party. And everyone's like, yeah. It's like you come walking in. It's a shitty rainy day on a Monday morning. And the teacher's like, so we've got a test for you today. And you're like, no, it's party time. Yeah, and then then Hasselhoff kicks the door in. Yeah, and a fucking disco ball comes down. And and then, but even the teacher joins in. Yeah. Suddenly she comes in. the test papers. And she's like, fuck it, guys. Hey, let's go. And And she gets a doobie out of her drawer. She's puffing away. You just hear, school. Out for so I had a new thing, Lizzie went to this, this school. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's pretty brilliant. cool, man. That's I, funny. I like, that, I like that. Another one is uh, if your highest attribute is luck. Mm-hmm. chance meeting uh, by taking two stress points when an NPC turns up you can have an NPC that's just showing up for the first time being acquaintance from some time before okay so you can yeah your character just already knows them so yeah so yeah. things like that so this game has plenty of random events as well so that's mm-hmm. one way this game can be played so yeah you just go to school have a normal day and then the GM rolls on this um, D6-6 table you read it then, from left to right yeah and then it will determine this fucking event right mm-hmm. so it has tables for um, events at school after school uh, downright surreal events, spooky, <laughs> cool. everyday life, summer break, and at the beach house. <laughs> at the beach house, y'all. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because those things are literally the every single like typical anime scene. If you've ever watched an anime based in a school, which yeah. like is basically ninety eight percent of animes, <laughs> they literally they always take place. At a beach house, summer break, at a school. Oh at, so, so, like, pretty much, yeah, yeah he's, he's nailed it there. Mm-hmm. And it's got a D666 random items table, cool. which are things like one up. And there's one that's just one anxiety. Just anxiety. Just anxiety. <laughs> so you just get, you're like, just that, get no, but it's an item. So I don't know what the fuck oh, it is. It's like a, <laughs> is it like a little jar, empty jar? Yeah, and you, you just open it, it and just says, <laughs> <laughs> Mama um, Roach starts playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Cut my life into. Put, put the lid back on it. Put yeah. the lid back on. 
<laughs> Shut that anxiety up. Uh, magic beans. There's skeleton. Okay. Just a skeleton. Just a skeleton. Yeah. A sword. There's a taiko drum. A telepathic roach. What the? He- What's that like? What for a it's joint? A Papa Roach. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're back. And they're, they're Papa Roach come in and they're like Papa Roach and they're like we've seen the, there's a dark omen. And we've seen like, Thanks Papa Roach. <laughs> See you later guys. Bye. <laughs> God, thank God for them. They're so helpful. <laughs> that telepathic roach. Um, but then there's uh, there's magical items, cool. right? There's one I didn't actually write down like what it does. But I just love the name. It's yeah. called Instant Hell Murder. <laughs> don't know what it does. I don't. I don't want to know what it does. I just love the name. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's instant as well. It's just like a demon just envelops you and goes. <laughs> but what's a hell murder? Is that like worse than regular murder? Hell murder. God knows. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, there's questionable bento. Give someone three d six stress. Stress as in bento box. Yeah. It's just it's just a like a lunch a questionable gives, lunchbox. It just gives you stress. Yeah. So it's like someone pulls out their lunchbox. It's like a pink My Little Pony one. It's like oh I don't like that. That's out. questionable. <laughs> and when they open it up, it's got like really odd sandwiches. Like oh, oh this, is, this, this is the most questionable lunch I've ever had. <laughs> Um, so there's a uh, instant oni gun which okay. turns anyone into an oni which is like a Japanese demon oh I know yeah 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 and then there is a cursed videotape which is literally the video- a the ring exactly yeah <laughs> so it's cracking mate it's- that's cool I like that so it's got all the anime tropes in there yeah um, which is pretty cool I mean the the only thing is, is that I will say in Made they had all the anime tropes in there and then some yeah it had it had he had all of that in spades but then it had loads of creativity in it as well it had all the shit you'd expect and then all the shit so much more as well you just would never expect in a million years like this is cool this is cool for anime fans and totally I want to fucking play this it'll be Mm. such a good laugh because it's made set in a school you could do Saved by the Bell yeah I'm down for that like (laughs) Saved by the Bell then Freddie Mercury and Thin Lizzy and Papa Roach come in I'm I'm up for that we've got we've got a great game already but the fact of the matter is is that like I think that the way this is an expansion for made. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. You know, and for that, for what it is, I'm I'm in, I'm in, man. Yeah. It's it's great. It's a cool little brick. reasonably priced. Uh, I think I think like you know I don't want to guess at the price because I've got it as a gift. Oh, of course, but I reckon yeah. it was like uh, it was like a tenner or something like that. Nice. And I'm I'm well up for that. I, I'm, I'm yeah, made's made's not extortionate either, is it? Exactly. So yeah. But, but, Nice little book. Buy it. I, I think it was a bit um, morally wrong what he did to make <laughs> it, but like whatever, man. I'm, I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. I think it's a really really cool little thing. I was I was I was really pleased to get it actually. I tell you what, that party pack is just full of fun. Exactly, they're all really good fun. What a party pack! So, What's a party pack? Yeah, yeah, Car Wars, Call of Cthulhu, and Schoolgirl RPG. Brilliant. Go out and check those out, guys, because we 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 recommend them all. I'm definitely going to. I like them. that they're all kind of like not so much pocket size, but nigh on. They're all little. Look, Car Wars is small. These are small. The made book. Uh, the sorry, whoops. <laughs> Schoolgirl RPG uh, books quite small. Like I don't know. Yeah, it really work. It really jives with the kind of thing we're going for. Yeah, actually, like yeah, we got all small books this time. Yeah. So um, yeah. Very cool. Small books that are in. Small What's your five? Oh, that's a good question, man. I didn't think it was going to come down to this. But if I, if I was going to pick one next to play, yeah. I'm probably going to say Car Wars. Same. But I will say that if I if if I'm being honest, the one I'm likely next to play is probably going to be Schoolgirl RPG yeah. simply because I know that there's going to be a point where I I'm going to need to run a one shot because mm-hmm. uh, you know People haven't turned up, or or something like this, yeah. and then and then I'll I'll run a session. Just bang like a schoolgirl out, <laughs> like it. Wow, that sounds awful. I don't know. <laughs> 
bang a schoolgirl RPG out, should I say? Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, no, I I, I would I really 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 want to play Car Wars. It looks so like I. a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and I do really want to run Call of Cat Foodie for you guys because I just love to see a load of fully grown men sitting around the table meowing. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. Yeah. We got ideas that come in otherwise zoo So we'll talk about them now and give them to you That's what this segment is We come up with new games like, I don't know The Hunger James People with the same name in an arena fight to the death As ideas go, it's not one of my best The segment's called The Game Design Guys Best idea gets a game design prize Now this is a brand new segment called the game design guys and we are the game design guys it's us it's us we're full of fucking ideas mate and we just want to fucking fart some of those out for you all over the show so basically what this is is and um, what we're going to do is we are in this segment going to come up with a new game with a new mechanic each yeah right and that's what we're going to do in this segment and that's that's basically it um uh that's it yeah that's it um, and what we want to do is encourage people to send their game mechanics in. Yep. And, the and then we're going to steal the ideas and publish them. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Not, there's no bones about it. No. <laughs> so send your ideas in as well. And the next time we do this segment, we will read them out. Yes, um, absolutely. But I've come up with a fucking great one. Go on. Uh, honestly, this is a corker. This is a brand new mechanic, right? Yeah. Because every single fucking RPG, mm-hmm. or not every single one, but I'm sure there are exceptions, but most of them use dice rolling, right? Yeah. And I think I've come up with a genius new idea of how to get rid of dice rolling. Whoa. So, in this game, right, I am i don't know what I'm going to call it. I think I'm going to call it Ghost Roulette, right? Cool. Yeah. So, basically, in this game, you play as um, people that, that have the magical gift to... Um, speak to ghosts mm-hmm. and these ghosts give you the power to achieve certain tasks right cool. C- certain supernatural tasks so in this game most mundane things such as climbing running uh, things like this those those will almost always be automatic depending on your stats right so you just have a number and that will always determine how well you do it right mm-hmm. And um, but basically any any other stuff any supernatural abilities that you have that you choose at um, at your character creation you do roll for those in right. air quotes yeah but you don't roll for it okay you have to have a laptop with you at right. a time right okay and you have a chat roulette window out oh and, every, and every time <laughs> and every time you want to roll right you have to press the button to get a new stranger on chat roulette to come F9. up and you have to set, and you have to tell them say a number. <gasps> and it can be any number, right? They might even just go two million, just and then the GM co- has to roll with it. It just be talking cocks, though. Well, that's the risk that's, that's that you the take. way it rolls, mate. <laughs> right. So then, so I then love it. the GM, even if they say a number that's unbelievably ridiculously high, we got that do it means now. that means that that no, I'm not doing it. We got to do it. Right I'm not going to look now. at a penis on the internet. We've got to go on chat roulette, press the button once, and just shout, "Say a number." No, I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Honestly, the risk of seeing a penis, I just don't want to do it. But my point is, right, is that when even if they, they say a number that's so ridiculously high, the law is is that that those people are the ghosts that are helping you give you those you the supernatural abilities. So if they if you if you just say say a number and they go two million, right, mm-hmm. that's so unbelievably high mm-hmm. that you achieve the task to a ridiculous degree. Love it. Yeah. So let's say your ghost ability is shooting uh-huh. and somebody comes on and goes two million. Well, that means you obliterate your opponent. They become done. Yeah, exactly. And but if they come on and then they go one, that means that was an unhelpful, eventual ghost that does not like. Or it's like someone that comes on and just goes apple. 
Yeah, and, and, like, and well, that, that a, means that's, that's a, a crit, that's a crit foul. fail. Crit yeah, foul. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Yeah, so they don't cool. say a number. You fail. If they and just so, waggle their penis, if they just if they're just jerking it <laughs> furiously, <laughs> that's that's that is, that's a crit fail. <laughs> so that's ghost roulette, mate. That's I love my, it. That's my that's my game. That that's mental. I love that. That's I actually, so funny. I would, if it weren't for the like sheer number of penises, you know what you could do though is just put a post-it note over that part of the screen. And, That's true. And you that generally would... know where the penis is going to pop up in the screen, so if you could just kind of censor that bit and then it and just... then just put, press the um, new stranger button. Oh, go- ghost bellies talk to us all the time. Ghost bellies because <laughs> you'd just see the belly, wouldn't you? you wouldn't oh see yeah, yeah. Up. Just put it over the penis bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so my game's a bit. I was thinking about it at work today, and I was thinking, you know, what kind of What's a weird concept that's, that I not that I'm aware of has been done yet? And, I, and the idea popped into my head before, and I was thinking about it a little bit more today. And I thought, you know what? How cool would it? Well, I don't know if it'd be cool or not, but bear with me. So the game so, is okay. So that's the game idea, right? There's a bear with you. There's a bear with you. Uh, walks around the whole time. And no, I was thinking, what is? What if your character was a function within a human body? So, for argument's sake, the GM is the body the person's personality so they might go to a party and get drunk and then one of your characters might be the guy that's in charge of the liver oh my so god that's he's, fucking genius so his job is to battle whatever it is to stop this guy getting drunk or it might be that um, you know he, he, uh, the, the body the body does something ridiculous and the game could just be called like Jeff yeah exactly yeah, yeah. or being Jeff <laughs> and then as all the players have to control each have to be a function in the body. and work together otherwise shit can go wrong so if the lungs aren't doing something or they're rolling badly Jeff might be like <laughs> yeah, so you like, just can't break you're like come on left leg what are you doing yeah, like, fuck you right leg <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so you're going to get party conflict uh, you know you've got to try and work together because you literally are all the mm. same thing and you're working against the GM not against the GM but the GM is the personality of Jeff you're just the mechanical body parts of Jeff so I guess I, I, I think well you need to have like a, a gender balance thing right so mm-hmm. it's called Jeff or Jeffina right exactly and so then and then you pick at the start everyone picks if they want to play the male or the female one and then each person picks a body part right I'll play so, the penis <laughs> so all the, all the other ones are controlled by the GM right yeah. so they're the NPCs mm-hmm. but the, I think you have to be like really critical parts right mm-hmm. so the brain obviously the brain is the fact that all the players are playing together yeah but then, and then you put that is fucking. Oh, that would be so funny. Do you like Imagine that? the stupid shit that they would be doing, man. It'd be like you roll a crit fail on arm, and it's just like all you're trying to do is like shake your boss's hand, and you just that, and an arm just punches him in the face, and you're like arm. Can you imagine going? Come on! Like, and a whole adventure is going out on a first date, and obviously you really because obviously you st- you want you want to <laughs> and like, be on side with Jeff because it's all part of you. So. Like, and then all everyone else is killing it, man. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're eating the food. Like left the left arm is fucking is is like cutting. Yeah. Right, whilst whilst right arm is putting the food in the mouth and stuff. Yeah, and as then, well. But then suddenly Mount she, she says so um. What are you into? And he just and then mouth is like, right, I'm just gonna roll speech. And he just goes, <laughs> spits all over her. Yeah, and she's just like, fuck you, fucked it all up. And just walks out. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. That there you go. Be being so... Jeff or Jeffina. Being Jeff or Jeffina. Fuck, that's a good game. That's my game. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so choice. <laughs> oh, we've made two really good games. I think so. Yeah. We need to. Okay, copyright those. Copyright not, all of that. Get the fuck out of my space, man. <laughs> So yeah, so we got Ghost Roulette and being Jeff and Jeffina. Yep, we the game design guys. We the game design guys. That what we do. Song fight.
you can hear some sad music now because this is going to be the last ever song. Well, it's not even really a song fight. Basically, um, we we're going to make this the last ever song fight because these uh, these songs are basically they're too much. They're too much to do. So we're going to stop doing them for now. We're probably going to pick this um, pick this segment up again mm-hmm. at some point. So uh, we did have a subject in mind where we were going to make songs about attrition. Mm-hmm. No, not about attrition. <laughs> it, it wasn't that. It was about gripes in games, and I, I made a song about attrition and about how combat in certain games is really boring. Yeah. Um, so I've got a song for you now, but basically, yeah, this this song, uh, this segment is kind of like too. It's too much uh, sort of work for Nick to do during the week while he's got his job going on and stuff, and you know I've got other shit to do. So uh, yeah, we're gonna retire. Put it on the back burner. We're gonna put it on the back burner for now. We might pick it up again in the mm-hmm. future. We are gonna make the odd, odd song here and there. Probably yep. release them either on our YouTube or on our Bandcamp, mm-hmm. and we will let you know. We when would that like happens. to release a second album in the future, so wouldn't we? Exactly. Like, like but to, for yeah. now, here is my song. This is simply called uh, War of Attrition. Cool. I hit him, then he hits me. I hit him, then he hits me. I hit him with a mace, then he hits me. Doesn't really matter, cause I've got 43 HP. I gotta hit a different guy now, so I'm ready for mace, and I turn around. I hit him, then he hits me. I hit him, then he hits me. D&D, it's all about attrition. Pathfinder, it's all about attrition. 13th Age, it's a war of attrition. Do you really want to play four hours of missing? D&D, it's all about attrition. Pathfinder, it's all about attrition. 13th Age, it's a war of attrition. Made RPG, it's the game that I'm missing. Hit him with a spell, he hits me. Hit him with a spell, he hits me. I go down, but it doesn't really matter because nobody dies in D&D. Saving throw, get back up. He misses me, hit with a spell, magic missile, does three damage, loot the corpse, nothing in his baggage. D&D, it's all about attrition, Pathfinder, it's all about attrition, 13th age, it's a war of attrition, do you really want to play four hours of missing? D&D, it's all about attrition, Pathfinder, it's all about attrition, 13th age, it's a war of attrition, made RPG, it's the game that I'm missing. Nick is vaping out the window. Oh no, don't know when to play. But yeah, so That's brilliant, that was mate. my attrition song. That reminds me of, um, oh, what does that remind me of? Um, Scrooby Spit. Oh, thanks, man. It's wicked, mate. That's a, uh, it's a, it's a very, very damning uh, thing to say about Scrooby as Pip. No, <laughs> but, there you go. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. So so that is, that for now, That's the, that, that is the, the last song fight song. So that's just a little treat. Because we're, 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 we're not really doing a full segment. But like, yeah, so that was brilliant. Thank you very much. And very true, mate. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I know. It's just that the combat in those games can be so so boring, man. Yeah. And so, especially if it's at high level stuff. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> even at low levels, man. Yeah. Sometimes just fucking. I hit him with my longsword. He hits me with his sling. I hit him with my longsword. Fuck that shit. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. It's time to do a deep dive because it's the time for Into the Mad. Into the Mad Masters. Oh yeah, to the man of masters. Why did you stop playing? That was the shortest song in recorded history. You're a fool. This is our documentary segment where we um, have actually got access to some of the bigger companies in in, in the world. And it's quite um, apt that we spoke about Car Wars today because um, I actually gave Steve Jackson a message Mm -hmm. and asked him if we could come down to his... um, 
studio um, ages ago before yep. Cards Against Humanity was made and see what was going on <laughs> that's right um, down there yeah and he's only just given us the okay to release the footage so yeah, yeah we've got some uh, audio documentary footage about uh, what was going on uh, back then when they made Cards Against Humanity and what was going on down at Steve Jackson Games you know he's, he's made GURPS he's a legend and so yeah this is a meeting uh, that actually happened at Steve Jackson Games disclaimer for those that say that Steve Jackson did not come up with Cards Against Humanity, he definitely did because this documentary footage is real. Um, it's possible that maybe he came up with it during this documentary footage and then sold it to the people that make it now, but he definitely did come up with it. It's not that I didn't research this properly and just believed something somebody told me once and then made a segment out of it. It's not that. It's definitely not that. Um, Michael, um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I I don't really yeah, enjoy these meetings with with the head honcho. Me neither. I, I mean, it's awful. But the thing is, we got to ask him what the next product's going to be. We've, no. The company profits are going down. You know, the, the thing is, and, and who's going to get it in the ass? It's going to be us. Oh, We're going to get booted. But last time, he flung shit at us. He, he, yeah, but he's a monster. He's a monster. But we got to, we got to go in there, just ask him to give us a new product and. Hopefully this time it'll be gold. I mean, last time with GURPS 4th edition, we made a buck off of that, and, and then we, we, were the, we were the golden boys for a couple of months. Very so true, very true. My yacht's lovely. Exactly. All right, come on, let's go in. <sighs> okay. Come in. Um, uh, hi, boss. All right, um, yeah, basically we were just wondering, mate, uh, you know, you did Fighting Fantasy, you did Car Wars, you did GURPS, mate, and um, we just need a new product off you, something to fly off the shelves, and we really need something, you know, something real good, because we want to we, we want to blow a hole in the market. Exactly, mate. Mm. You know, we, yeah. we've got, mm. we, we right. really need yeah. something, like another mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. cracking yeah. product off you, mate. Yeah, I've got a fucking idea. i got a fucking idea, right, coming up with fucking tits, okay? Listen to me. Here's the fucking idea, right? Mm -hmm. Open your face. I don't, I don't know what that. Shut up. Here's the idea. Okay. Put a load of offensive shit on some fucking cards and put it in a fucking box and then fuck off. Uh, um. So. Um, uh, what do you mean? That's not. It's not a game. It is a fucking game. What? Like. When you say. When you say. When you it say. Is. What? Just like any old offensive word on a. Yeah, card? like put it. You know the N word they use for black people. Put that on a card. What? Put what? like. What? Yeah, put like, you know, jerking yourself off with sandpaper. Write that on a card. Put that in a fucking box. But what's... Put kicking a homeless man. Write that on a bo fucking card. Put that in a fucking box. But, um, Steve... Um, what? Just, uh, it's... It's a... Call me Jackson. M Mr. Jackson? No, just Jackson. Uh, oh, sorry. Fuck off. Uh, uh, um, Jackson, um... So, one, one, one small... One small question. Um, what... Make it a big one. What's the point? What do you mean, what's the point? It's a game! But how does it play? You read the cards out, and you laugh! You all laugh, because it's funny, because I fucking wrote it! That's fine, okay. Right! But, um, we, we need, like, a title. We need a title for it. Call it off, you dick! Um, n might not get through um, censorship yeah, I mean, on that it's, one. It will need to sit on store shelves. Uh, yeah, and is it age? You know, what's our target age market? Uh, three and up. Um, um oh, again, I mean, what you're saying there, mate, is that you, you really no, it's, it's not gonna. Mister, it's Jackson. Call him Jackson. Uh, He's really angry, otherwise. It's just, I, I'm thinking maybe. 
All right, what about this? Call it against humanity. I, I really think it, it's a strong name. It's Definitely just, a strong name, Mr. Jack um, could Jackson. We, could we maybe take away the C word and change it with cards? Oh, you're so fucking boring. All right, fine. Cards against humanity. It sounds rubbish and I hate it and I hate you, but fuck off. I'm trying to drink booze and look at porn. Um, okay. Right now, fuck off. Uh, okay, no, we're going. We're All right, but, but make sure to put, like, really offensive shit in there. Sure, I mean, we... Because that's funny for some reason. Okay, yes, um, I'm sure... Bye! Uh, bye. Absolutely powerful stuff there. You can see why the man's a genius. Oh, I my mean, goodness. that is just, uh, just amazing. The man behind GURPS and Fighting Fantasy, you can see why he reached the dizzying heights that of creating. Role playing, yeah, just the, that role-playing mastermind, game writer, just, extraordinaire. That is why he is now... He, that Cards Against Humanity, you can see why he just... He just it, nobody, nobody else could have done it. It's no, so ahead of its time. It's almost like it's backwards. Yeah, it's really weird. It's almost—it's so ahead of its time. It's almost like just a bunch. It's almost of like shit he's gone cards back to the, in a box. It's—it's. It's but it's not. But it's, it's, it's not. not that. It's a game. It's not that. It's it, amazing. It's a game. It's definitely a game. Some sort. <laughs> yep. Anyway, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Steve Jackson Games, for that. Yeah, you the man. You the man. In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the Electro Letter. We haven't fucking spoken to Podbot in ages. Let's ask him to do the intro for this segment. Beep, boop, 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 boop. This is Electro Letters. We'll reread out your mail from the internet. That's the only sensible thing he's ever said. Wow, well, you do well, work, Podbot. Pornhub.com. No. no. Not that again. Ugh. Stop saying that. Erase browser history. Nick, was that you doing that? No, 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 no. Have no. you been Pod looking Bot. at porn, Pornhub on Podbot? Uh, no. No, Podbot, erase yes. browser history. Shut up. Okay, so we asked you for your funny RPG stories. Yeah. Which, actually, this is going to be good, I think, because we yep. got a lot of really cool stories in from people. And the first one comes in from Morgan John Ellis, who has been away for a while. Mm, um, welcome back, baby. Welcome back, baby. He's not a baby. He's, no. a, he's a grown man. He's a morgue, you idiot. Exactly. <laughs> um, he says, I caused a chain of events to occur that ended in TBKing the party. Ooh. I was playing a wild magic sorcerer in D&D 5e, which at low levels can be quite hazardous with a few bad rolls. <laughs> Me, a barbarian, a warlock, a ranger and a rogue were fighting a band of goblins. Pretty standard first level starting adventure combat when I rolled a 1 casting a spell. I rolled on the wild magic chart as was the penalty for such a roll. I rolled another 1 on a d100 which meant that for the next minute I would have to roll on the wild magic chart at the beginning of each round. Ouch. Fuck. Bear in mind that the barbarian hates magic as part, <laughs> part of his tribal traditions. The next roll of wild magic turns the whole party invisible for one minute. Ten <laughs> rounds of combat. <laughs> Needless to say, the barbarian goes mental and starts panicking and raging. We try to calm him down, but to no avail. The goblins, meanwhile, are lost in bewilderment as they can't see us, but can hear us somehow. Next round of combat. Next wild magic roll allows us to ironically see invisible creatures. So with that done, we manage to get the barbarian under control, and with the 
advantage of invisibility, sneak attack the goblins. All was going well until the next round of combat, when the next round of wild magic summons a bunch of flumps. Smallish, de- I love that name. Flumps. Flumps. <laughs> Smallish demonic creatures. Yet again, the barbarian goes nuts and starts attacking them. At this point in the fight, some of us are pretty low on health, leading to the flumps knocking me, the warlock, and the barbarian out, followed shortly by the other two members. We all screwed up our death saves and died. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty terrible um, run of bad luck because he's basically like he thinks it's going okay. No, he he basically gets like a, like terrible luck. By, followed by some pretty good luck, followed by some terrible luck, followed by death. And I'm not being funny, how do you TPK a, a straightforward bit of combat with a couple of goblins? <laughs> Holy fuck. And the fact that you rolled a 1 on a D100 oh, immediately after a crit fail. That's horrendous, hell, isn't it? Yeah. Leading to about half an hour of, uh, of all of us basically pissing ourselves with laughter over how fucked up a simple encounter got in just over three rounds of <laughs> that's, that's, that's got to be a, we got to be in touch with Guinness haven't we on that one that is like yeah I think that is yeah if he if he fell into a barrel of gold he would come out with a check that would bounce <laughs> that would bounce a rubber yeah. check yeah. <laughs> <Boing>. <laughs> oh my god that's brilliant oh well done man um, so the next one's in from Peter Beckett good friend of the show and fellow gaming party member yeah okay so mine would have to be during our vampire campaign the team was running low on blood points so we decided to go and feed we were, do- uh, we were driving around and, the f- uh, and found a group of four pre-teens waiting nearby. My character, Reggie, being a Ventru, could only indulge in high-class quality blood. So he sniffed out that these mortals were top quality. We casually walked up and managed to convince two of the group to come down the alley with us, with James's character... Veronica keeping the other two busy. My, uh, myself and another character, Derek, decided to chow down on these two, one each. The other two and Veronica were nearby and could only hear some crazy loud sounds and the words of Reggie coming from the alley, this is good shit. The other two kids thought that something pretty disgusting was going on down that alley. <laughs> yeah, so basically, as they went down this the alley... This was at the uni, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't. It was outside the uni. Sorry, yeah. Later on, they got caught because they thought that he was um, a child molester. That's because, right, shit, Because yeah. all, they heard, all they saw was him go down an alley with, with two kids. Kids, yeah. And then, and then he, all they heard was, this is good shit. It was awful. It was awful. It was one of the worst things. It was like every time I think that we've hit rock bottom and we've we've said the most disgusting, heinous shit. It was like there was no two ways about it. We weren't trying to be disgusting. No. It's just that what those two kids heard when from the bench outside the alley. Yeah. There's, they're not going to think... They don't oh, know if vampires exist. Yeah, they're not going to think it's vampires. Yeah. They're gonna, all they're hearing is gobbling and followed by this, this is, is good, good shit. shit. Yeah, so what the hell? I mean, and, uh, it was horrible, man. Go it was figure. horrible. Oh, and man. So they, they later on saw... They saw um, his character later on and instantly called the cops. That's right, yeah. Was, absolutely. He was, he was a dodgy, he's dodgy uh, man. <laughs> yeah, dodgy, bad, so, bad man. So the, next, uh, so the next letter comes in from Terry Hansen. He says, I ran a game once where the player's characters were sentient, were a sentient vending machine and a cat ninja that flew around on a hoverboard Roomba. One of my... <laughs> One of my favourite parts was being attacked by a horde of tentacle-bearded gnomes. The vending machine attacked the gnomes by launching coffee and soda cans at them while the cat ninja just hovered overhead watching. Yeah, that was a game that we played with Terry. I was just about to say, yeah. Yeah, that was good, man. I played the vending machine. I played the vending machine. That was so much fun. Yeah, and I was the cat, and I was literally bang, my cat, fang. Yeah. That was good. That was so good. Yeah. What did I vent? 
Oh, coffee, uh, cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, you just because it was hot tea. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> just threw it at him. Uh, Brilliant. Thanks, Terry Handsome. That was a really good campaign. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was very, very good. Uh, so next one, uh, next story is coming from the Murder Hobo Show. Um, what the hell's the Murder Hobo Show? That's a great show, which you can go and watch online now. So search for that on YouTube. It's very funny, and it's run by Gary McCallum. And also, I do believe that he's just launched a new podcast called Savage Rifters, Mm -hmm. which is all about Savage Rifts, so go and check that out. Absolutely. But his I can't remember the exact details, but I'll keep it short anyways. One D&D drinking night turned a player climbing a bathroom window way too small for him because we were going to shave the one eyebrow. I had to grow my hair out for three months and look like I was undergoing chemo. We chased down the runaway Chrysler in a Cordoba drunk-ass fuck and found out days later he was passed out in a ditch so we never found. We had sushi and I don't think a single one of us didn't puke up rice twice that night. (laughs) Car keys were lost, windows broken, and the neighbour threw a broken lawn chairs back over the fence into our yard, which was nice of him. So this isn't a game. No, it's not. This it's is just, real life. While D and D was being played. <laughs> Fucking hell. He sounds drunk while he wrote this one. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm worried about him. That's Gary. So he clearly like what during D and D, like got too drunk, ate sushi, puked up rice, threw his lawn chairs into his neighbour's garden, shaved his mates, or tried to shave Sh- his mate's eyebrow off, and then tried to climb through a window. <laughs> oh my good god Jesus Christ um, yeah so that's a, that's a really good D&D story that's fantastic yeah that's just <laughs> debauchery outside of the game oh man I love this guy brilliant so next one comes in from Eli Kurtz as well he says uh, this will be a little long the first campaign I ever played was a D&D 3.5 e-game back in high school my DM had just picked up the complete warrior supplement and I couldn't wait to play a swashbuckler at the time it was the crowning achievement of my life <laughs> Complete Warrior had a new skill, perform weapon drill, that simulated soldiers in boot camp or juggling knives in a marketplace, that sort of thing. I wasn't a min-maxer and thought that charisma was an important stat for a swashbuckler. He's absolutely right, because they do the quips and shit. Yeah, of course they are. They're they're flash, they've got all the moves. Exactly. So it made sense to have some kind of perform skill. Mm -hmm. I thought that I'd use it mostly to do tricks with my rapier for spare change. Nice. Thing is, after all the bonuses you factor into the skill, plus two for weapon focus, plus two for quick draw, plus half for your base attack bonus, I quickly got a ridiculous overall for the skill. Extra planar beings took note of my performances by, like, third level. (laughs) Naturally, <laughs> fucking hell. It's like gods are like, that's good. You know, yeah, yeah pretty good rapier <laughs> tricks, bro. Yeah. Naturally, a high school boy found another hidden use for this skill. You see, this swashbuckler was a notorious philanderer. In taverns, my diplomacy skill got me in the good graces of various ladies and my perform weapon drill. Wow. <laughs> you scumbag Eli. <laughs> Once I was walking through a grove tended by the Druid's Guild, lo and behold, a beautiful Livy? Livy? <laughs> earthy elf druidess comes along moments later she was pleasured to the brink of death in the bushes well you you scumbag Eli you dirty, dog. you dirty man months later the DM managed to turn my inborn talents against me it turns out sex was equivalent to marriage among these druids and here I'd loved her and left her Ooh. Feng the druidess became a secondary ta- antagonist for the rest of the campaign <laughs> Actually, that's not quite right. Every so often, she'd track us down and attempt to exact her awful revenge, born of ecstasy and tempered by years of long scorn. Most of the time, she became an unwitting ally, 
either she'd see someone trying to hurt her man and insist <laughs> she was the only one allowed to hurt me and believe me she wanted to or my swashbuckler would place himself between her wrath and our enemies and then dive out the way at the last minute <laughs> I can't remember if Zap and Feng ended up together by the end of the campaign I know she could use beast shape to turn into a gargantuan elemental and I remember my swashbuckler had a flying carpet <laughs> I like they just adds in those details at the yeah. end he's like well it's you know I had this woman following me and tormenting my entire life but I had a flying car I, so I just picture that she like trans- she got really angry with him and transformed into this huge elemental he's being like, he's like listen baby like, look it's not you it's me and she's like you what come here and he's like see ya you had sex with me and he's just like see you later I can show you the world except not you but someone else you bitch and just like yeah man that's a really good tale I like that I think the swashbucklers were a really, really cool class back in 3.5e. They, they, they were absolutely brilliant and and really fun to play. Mustachioed, hoop earring. It sounds like he he did it exactly as you should. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. charisma is pretty much the most important stat. They're mm-hmm. the kind of guys that will during a fight. They're 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 the kind of guys that will try to. Um, outwit you and I don't mean in, in the way that they'll try to trick you what I mean is that they'll try to mentally they'll, they'll, damage you exactly they'll be the ones that are like oh you're going to fight like that well like, I remember I remember that's how my grandmother used to fight ha ha oh you call that a wound that's the sort of wound a butterfly would give me you bitch and, he's, and then he yeah, taps the show he's like now I'm here no I'm here ha ha just yeah, messing with him I can imagine Eli being really good at that yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely but yeah um, so cool. let it be a lesson to all of you out there if you if you mess with a woman and she torments you for your entire life make sure you have a nice vehicle to get away on or at least a flying carpet exactly <laughs> <laughs> right cool the next, uh, our next tale is coming from Tony Fanning uh, and Tony writes about 18 years ago I wrote an RPG that involved the players guys I've been playing with since 5th grade playing as demons I called it Night of the Demons and the premise was that the demons are summoned into the world via, via a ritual of possession the demons start with none of their powers active and have one night to wreak havoc upon the world before the sun rises and sends them all spiralling back into the abyss the demons earn soul points for acts of evil such as murder and corruption which can then be spent to activate more and more of their demon powers so the game tends to start small with little acts of evil and escalates to a crescendo of mass murder and horrendous debauchery bloody hell that sounds that fun, sounds fun. Um, I've run this game a few times since then and needless to say it tends to get sick twisted and downright hilarious by the end of the night definitely sounds like one of our games the most memorable session we've had playing this game was the night they all started as boy scouts at a jamboree that were possessed when they found an ancient relic during a scavenger hunt mayhem ensued and they tortured molested and murdered their scoutmasters stole buses well, drove nice to see that happen the other way around well that's true yeah turning the tables a little bit sorry if there are any scoutmasters listening that was a joke lighten up (laughs) (laughs) stole buses drove them on the wrong side of the freeways burnt down their school pimped out their lunch lady (laughs) raided a hospital (laughs) raided a hospital for drugs and they proceeded to sell to kids in stolen ice cream truck and then blew up the movie theater showing a Disney movie with hentai scenes spliced into the film fuck man I want to play in one of your games Tony I need to play that game and that's it. Just just left it on that bombshell. That, that is genius. Man. That sounds so, so freaking uh, cool. He wrote an RPG that involved players. I like that. You is start that available RPG? anywhere? Can you please get in touch with us? Yes, yeah. I would love to run that. Yeah, and we we will happily turn that into an actual play. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, really, honestly. I like please. the way it starts off like small. So would it be like, you know, like mischief, first of all? Well, yeah, like, because you, you get, uh, like surely, you put... first of all, like you're just testing the water to see what you can get away with. Yeah. Because I, I think if you, if you're, you, you, like, it's somebody in the real world that gets possessed by these demons, right? So you start off, and I think Boy Scouts is the fucking best. Like, that's he literally, so that's the best target, isn't it, really? It's so good because everybody thinks that you're sweet. And like, you're like, you go to, you're like, oh, I'll help you across the road. But as the little old lady's crossing, you put your foot out and she stacks. Yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> ah, this could be fun. And then by the end, you're fucking making, <laughs> ripping faces off and fucking and pimping out the cinema. Mate, that is hilarious. How'd you pimp out your lunch lady? Oh my God, I assume it was under duress. By force, yeah, <laughs> yeah. clearly. <laughs> so the next one is from Torre B. Peterson. And he is a... Well, it might be a woman. We don't know. We don't know. But so, welcome. Welcome to them. And he says, no, they say, Dice of Death and the Fall of Sir Lucas. Back in my early university days, I joined my first RPG. A friend of mine ran a homebrew game where he rolled the dice. Where he rolled the dice. Hey. He used a die we co- we just called the Dice of Death. Mm-hmm. A red D20 that rolled an obscene amount of 1s and 20s. <laughs> and and very often resulted in groin injuries Ooh. on the hit location table. <laughs> Is he playing fa- Fatal? Yeah. Another of my friends played the chivalrous young knight, Sir Lucas. He was the best fighter in the party, but the dice hated him, and he always failed spectacularly. Somehow he got cursed. I think it was a ring that was randomly rolled on a table by the Dice of Death that granted Sir Lucas immortality. He could not die, but he could definitely be hurt at one point he got boiling hot oil poured over him in full play armor he sunk deeper and deeper and basically ended up like some black death knight and finally the dice loved him the same game featured our entire party surfing down some slippery caves using a group of zombies we somehow got in control over as surfboards (laughs) (laughs) yes awesome that is amazing that's very good thank you very much and welcome if you're on the list so why did that guy fucking roll for them strange I'm like no no way and he used this specifically weighted dice that either dice. fucked them or made the loaded dice. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Oh, another hit to the nads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so next one's in from Sean, Sean Hunt. Uh, and he says, the fight to the death for a slightly discounted weapon comes to mind. This was dumb. This was really dumb. So in one of our Cthulhu games, Pub Cthulhu, we do it once a month. Um, any listeners are welcome to come to that. Although I have never given out the details, so you have to figure it out. Um, <laughs> basi- mystery. Basically, um, yeah, uh, one of our mates, Peter, right? Mm. He goes into this shop in Cthulhu and he says, um, can I roll and um, persuade to try and get this uh, knife for a slightly lower price and the guy the guy is like this weapon enthusiast and he's like um, yeah I'll, I'll give it to you cheaper if you fight me for it and he's basically like he's um, you know he, he's tossing this knife from, from hand to hand and he's like you want to fight me with a knife for a discount? I was thinking maybe just a bit of sparring. And all Peter had was a stick, right? <laughs> and, and he goes he goes yeah I'll, you, I'll give you a discount if you fight me for it and so then he goes yeah alright so what are you doing? You're going to fight a guy with a knife for a discount on a knife. What's wrong with you? You want 10% off? Just pay a full price for the goddamn knife. And, and then they fought to the death for a discount. Oh my and God. Peter's character, uh, no, I don't know if he died. I think he killed the shopkeeper. And just nicked the knife. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember who died, but it was... But, but Someone died. Somebody died for a discount. This oh is what my I'm saying. God. So, um, yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, but very very funny yeah, and, and I, I think hilarious. the police oh because it was like out the back wasn't it the fight you went out into the alley did, uh, yeah yeah it was out, out the back the of the alley, shop yeah. yeah it was ridiculous but it was very very funny so speaking of funny Zovia has a very very interesting question she's uh, from Zovia Maps mm-hmm. who, uh, some of the best maps in the industry mm-hmm. so check her out um, she says I, I fancy a question mm. why does humour 
seem to be the most important theme for gamers, above all other genre of storytelling in gaming. The funny moments typically create a sense in a player that they had an enjoyable time as opposed to others. See, good question. I, I don't know if she's entirely correct there because I will say this: that when in the Gen Lab game that we played last night, right, mm-hmm. one of my favorite favorite moments was was some of the serious moments, right? Mm-hmm. That we when I was talking to, um, and I'll try not to spoil this because we we we're, we're going to keep this, but um, for for the full episode. But I was talking to a resistance member, and you remember we was just talking about getting my brother back, and mm-hmm. there was like some dramatic moments, right? Yeah. Some of the fa- my my favorite moments from the Bubblegum Crisis campaign uh, or the first episode of it were some of the action moments. Yep. Some of my favorite moments from the Warhammer game were like um, some of the action moments and right? the civil. The civil, like, talking, like, you know, when we was like, um, when we made you a leader and we was building up a, like, a res- not resistance, but we, do you remember? To be fair, there was a lot of comedy in that, but nonetheless, it was the drama of it as well. But it was right? so dark that you, it was, yeah, the comedy was there, but because the setting the was so well. dark and the drama, but yeah. I will say that, that I think it's, um, what it is is that the, the stories that everyone tells are the funny ones, mm. but I think people just do that anyway. And I what, think in life, in life, yeah. and, and with RPGs, everyone yeah. always tells the funny stories, mm-hmm. and I think it seems like that's that's the focus. But it, it, I think it just tends to be those are the stories that people share. I've been thinking about this a lot all day, and I don't know if, if that is the most important thing for me. But it I always, like a good it, mix. Yeah, so do I. And I think whenever we come back from our games, we always tend to go, "That was brilliant. It was so funny." Mm-hmm. Or. But even when you're not trying to make a funny game, depending on your character, or not even your characters, your gaming group, there will always be funny situations. They will always make jests out of sometimes even the most um, horrible situations. But that's because that's what life is like, I think. I I think that generally you just just find humour and shit because that's how people cope. Yeah. And I... I generally think that people just share their funny stories because those are the ones that that other people will actually find entertaining to Mm -hmm. listen to. It's like one of the ones we always share about our GURPS campaign was the most disappointing moment in our entire campaign and we've spoken about it enough but basically we built up this um, enough money to buy uh, upgrades to a ship Amazing and it took ship. us yeah. about four four to six months of like mm-hmm. actual campaign and then it got taken away from us in one moment <laughs> Yep. and it was like there's no humour in that mm. and it was one of the greatest moments in our RPG history because yep. it was that sheer disappointment and, and you couldn't we get couldn't that. believe it we were like so, so this is actually happening he was like yeah, yeah the ship detonates and we was like yeah, I mean, Fuck. and and then there were some very very dramatic character deaths, like yeah. like genuinely sad ones that happened in Pathfinder that really really were impactful. But we oh, don't. Sean's go- character getting um, shot just so and, uh, one of the one of the bosses killing uh, Gunga Gunga, who was like a character that we really loved. Oh. The only difference is is that you just when you share that with somebody. It's just not that good a story to tell somebody mm. when you go, oh, there was this character death. It was so sad. And they won't we, get we, it. We because... absolutely loved him. And yeah. they'll just go, yeah, and? I don't get it. But then if they were at the table and met Gungar, different yeah. story. When we were sitting there and we were all taking part in it, we were all sad and it was really dramatic. Yeah. But the difference is that when you tell somebody about it, it's just like they don't have a connection to it. So who gives a fuck? It's one of them things when you did person, really have to be there. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like, it's like going up to somebody and saying, oh, this character died in a movie. It was so sad. And then, <laughs> and then they just go, Okay, cool. I might watch the movie. Yeah, so. but you can't go. Yeah, okay. I'll go back. You know what, what happened? No, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? yeah. But whereas you can relay a funny story about an RPG, and it st- might still be funny. Funny, yeah. Although exactly. more often than not, you might just bore someone. But to be honest with you, yeah, even that's quite tricky because mm. trying to relay a, uh, an RPG story as it's coming out 
you know, out loud when you're relaying it to someone that wasn't there, you're like, oh, it doesn't sound as funny when I'm saying Unless it. it's another RPG player, then exactly. sometimes and it can. Get, I mean, because yeah. we had shitloads of these ones. They yeah. were hilarious. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, often, um, yeah, if you're telling a non-RPG player, they, they'll, they'll look at you like... I don't get it. You're like, so what do you mean roll dice then? But yeah. You do what? But I think that's basically it. I don't think I value, or, or most people uh, value comedy over everything else. Mm-mm. It's just that that is kind of... Um, it's just what the ones we tend to share and we've and played I, games that have been pretty dark yeah. and the majority of the game has been pretty dark and strong role playing and arguments and, and social conflicts and all this kind of stuff but there's always dark humour undertones of some kind of dark humour yeah and I think that a lot of the games I play with some of the people I've met online as mm. well I tend to play um, cat like wacky characters or comedy characters and things like this because those are the characters that I like to play and yeah. not only that but it's sort of also what I'm a little bit known for as well and mm-hmm. I think if people get um, invite me to their games and if they're expecting that or want that then that's cool and I mm-hmm. like to play that yeah. so so I'm, I'm up for that absolutely but um, yeah so very very good question very thought provoking I like mm-hmm. that cheers awesome. thank you Zovia keep um, making them amazing maps yes please do so my brother Sean Hunt comes in with a final question he says also favourite video game RPGs now what he meant by this I asked him to clarify He's he just means um, as in video games that are RPGs so so for example it could be Skyrim could be things like that mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going to start I'm going to kick this off my uh, all time favourite I've got two, right? Mm-hmm. So that is literally going to be... It's going to be Mother 3. So yeah. that is the sequel to Earthbound. That is that is hands down. It's my favourite game of all time. 100%. It's a very, very touching game that has some anti-capitalist messages in it. Well, it's pretty much the whole game is an anti-capitalist message. And it has a very good story about brotherly love. And considering that, like, my closest family member is my brother, I think that game resonates me with it a lot. And considering that I'm a very anti-capitalist person mm-hmm. who, who loves buying stuff at the same time, so I'm like a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> Um, like I really 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 enjoyed that game yeah. and it was never officially translated into English but a team of people um, uh, it's, I think it's a team or a guy called Tomato did a translation of it that is amazing and mm. it's far beyond anything that Nintendo ever would have done because really? it has references in there and uh, amazing translations that Nintendo wouldn't have done because they probably wouldn't have got away with got ya. Um, for example there's a, there's a pun on a guy's name where his name is Fassad, F-A-S-S-A-D, and he's an Arabic character. Right. So it might be seen as a, like a little bit racist, but oh, yeah. it also is a pun on Fassad as in the French word. Yeah. So it's kind of like Nintendo wouldn't have done that. They would have just given him like another name that couldn't, that definitely couldn't have come across as racist. But, whereas I think it's quite a clever name. It's good. It's so it's like little things like that. So Mother 3 is the first answer. Nice. Second answer I want to give is Final Fantasy 6 because I have a Final Fantasy 6 tattoo and it's funny how accustomed you get to something once it's permanently inked on your body. Yeah. I was going to say Final Fantasy game actually I can't remember what was the one with the gun swords uh, that would be Final Fantasy 8 I played the shit out of that I absolutely loved it that was a cool man I played low I played that so I'd probably say Final Fantasy 8 or oh, for me it's got to be Fallout 3 man yeah oh, Fallout 3 man mm-hmm. I've, I've put so many hours into that Fallout 3 ridiculous. I absolutely loved that game Brotherhood of Steel I've never, when, they, when that guy come walking over in that huge um, armoured suit for the first time you're mm-hmm. just like what the hell it's just so cool I just, I just love the, the Fallout world I think it's so cleverly written the little the little nods or the little things you don't see that aren't part of the main game that you just like know the environmental storytelling exactly the, the, I think that was the one where they nailed it the hardest I yeah, mean the, the fact of the is one and two were good and it had that really really cool interplay engine but when Bethesda bought it and they put their edge on it before mm-hmm. they came became as sort of watered down as and, and as commercialised as they did when they started Skyrim mm-hmm. and just after Oblivion 
um, was when they made Fallout 3. That was when I think they were at their peak yeah. of their creativity. And that was when they injected their goodness into what Interplay had already done with Fallout. And that was, I think, the perfect mix. Just then was so when they got, it a- they got it absolutely spot on. And mm-hmm. they, they haven't done anything as good since. Like, mm. not, not New Vegas, not Fallout no. 4. As good as those they're games are. They're enjoyable, but they're nothing compared they, to they Fallout just, 3. They yeah. don't come close, do they? And, yeah, exactly. And Fallout 1 and 2 were good as well. But mm-hmm. they just I, I think they, that was where they, they nailed it so, so well. And it's such a shame because... They, that was they, their opus was it opus magnum opus magnus yeah because they just haven't it's, it's such a shame because I just wanted it to be more Fallout 3 and I've yeah. rinsed it so hard yeah, like, yeah. I, I would just want more Fallout 3 give us more Fallout 3 but, they, but it will never happen no nope. it will never happen it will just continue to, to change it's because they feel like they have to develop games and, I, and it's just like if it's then, good just the, keep making good stuff but Fallout 3 was a true role playing game yeah. and Fallout 4 was like the, 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 the answers that you can give half of them mean nothing and they don't progress the game whereas in Fallout 3 one you know one option of decision that you give back to one of the characters and that's it you know and they and they met something all of them actually had something too whereas now it's just like I don't know and you remember in Fallout Fallout 3 when you could um, depending on how you built your character it give you different dialogue options yep. Yep. and in Fallout 4 that's just gone that's absent it would just yeah. like you would just have like um, I just loved running around in Fallout 3 eating people yeah yeah and like <laughs> the amount of different ways you could play that game yeah and I remember as well like just having these fucking like cool um just dialogue options and mm-hmm. even Fallout 4 when you just had the like all four things would lead to the same place same thing yeah, when you exactly. when you meet Kellogg and you'd be like fuck you Kellogg and he'd be like well fuck you too and then you or you'd be like Kellogg you know what I think you're a great guy and he'd be like well thank you but fuck you too yeah, and then he'd be yeah. like Kellogg you're gonna die and he'd be like no you're gonna die fuck so you. fuck you too <laughs> yeah. and he'd be like everything just leads yeah. to the same yeah. place it's like this it's like this scripted story yeah. that they just somehow managed to yeah. make you think is 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 like open world it's like yeah we've you've got all this stuff to do but it's all it all it's looks all the set same on rails yeah you can't just yeah with Fallout 3 you could go do something there cause a problem like a small thing quests, would use a huge thing later on and affect things way yeah, more and all the side quests were beautiful yeah. some of them some of them in Fallout 4 were and okay sad and emotional yeah. yeah and some of the ones in Fallout 4 were good but they were nothing in comparison to like the Oasis quest in Fallout 3 mm-hmm. or even just the fucking Wasteland Survival Guide yeah. it's just that was just basically a tutorial showing you the world and that had so much more character than yeah. any any of the other ones but I will say in Fallout 4 Silver Shroud that was top notch oh that man that was such oh, a good quest I loved getting the and the, and the armour the armor and actually coat the do- and cat you get with it the dialogue brilliant. options as well when you're like your you're, your time is up evil doer I am the Silver Shroud <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so, so good cool. that was one of, that was the, that was the only thing worth playing Fallout 4 for that was almost so yeah that was a Fallout 3 quest in Fallout 4 yeah basically yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah that's, that's our that's video game chat thanks Sean cheers man but yeah um, those of you that have played Final Fantasy 7 and think oh, I don't want to go back to Final Fantasy 6 because of the gram fix well just fucking play it it's well good yeah I've got it tattooed on my body that's how much I like it yeah so uh, awesome right thanks everyone for your letters those were really really cool we yeah. like them very much you're the men and women's you're the best people you're the best ones and we love you very much yeah we do we're like our you're like our little sons <laughs> and daughters and we want to we just want to say don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't talk to uh, strangers. Don't do drugs unless they're good ones. Yeah. Don't right. talk to strangers unless they they're take selling you to a drugs. party. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. Are strangers to someone you haven't met yet? Who might have drugs. So talk <laughs> and, to them. And be going to a party. Yeah, exactly. Talk to them because they might have good quality drugs. <laughs> Paracetamol. I'll be furious. Paracetamol. All of them. Amoxicillin. Yeah, mate. And those good, and, and and they're antibiotics. Well, they're good then. If you need, if you want to get rid of those pesky biotics, 
get some of those. Get some antibiotics, yeah. Save. Save. So that was another show, and I just want to say well done, Nick. Well done to everyone that sent the letters in. That was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun show, man. I really enjoyed that. Um, so I just want to ask everyone who's listening, could you please um, do us a big favour and share the show? Um, the reason I'm asking, I don't usually ask this, and you know, if you don't want it, don't do it. I don't give a shit, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that, um, I'd really, really appreciate it if you did because we would like to uh, hopefully expand this to new audiences and get more people listening to this mm-hmm. because Nick and I do put like a, a lot of effort into this and really, really enjoy it. And would we like love to doing it, con- yeah. Exactly. We'd love to keep doing it and, and stuff like this and, and it would be really, really nice. And if we love we the could... wonderful people we've met through doing this. Exactly. So it'd be really cool if more mm. people would listen to it and if you can, just share it with a friend, right? And share it with a friend and then put like a weird message because I, I recently shared Gary's um, fucking new podcast called uh, Savage Rifters right Yeah. and I shared it on the Savage World's official Facebook group but I put like a really strange message saying like <laughs> I've, I've forgotten my medication here is that message this is the best Rifts podcast since sliced podcasts so good in fact your head will fall off I don't know what a world is or what savage means where my medication is even, but nonetheless. Give this a watch, but with your ears, because hello. This is a good podcast about rifts with the legendary Victor Diaz and Gary Hoagie McCallum who both know their stuff, and who both should do a better job at finding my medication. Where am I again? Also it's extremely well produced so listen to it or I know Bruce Willis and he's a very unkind man dot 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 that's all I'm saying. Like, I think... Share the show, uh, our show, with your friends, right? With a crackpot status. With a crackpot status, saying mm-hmm. saying something like this, like, God, oh, no, it's the best show since... Uh, Banana Wumbles. Banana Wumbles, or yeah. something like this. Yep. And then just and then send us a screenshot of how, how bizarre That'd the message you've sent. Yep. Send it to your mum and tell her to listen to it, or something like this. That's I don't know, well, like, anything. But my point is, is share Sell it, it on the streets. We'd really, really like to get it out to a wider audience. That'd yep. be lovely. Before we go, we just want to leave you with a thought, something to keep you basically, um, you know, occupied till keep the, the next... Cogs turning exactly in the old brain box because otherwise they're getting a little gummed up with gunk, aren't they? And yeah. we don't want that. That one, yeah, double brain gunk. You know, brain gunk going on down there because otherwise, what's going to happen? It's going to die, isn't it? So, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a thought for the week to keep you entertained until the next podcast comes out, and this will keep you going. And the thought for the week is going to be. Who actually did let the dogs out? It's been 17 years. Come on, Baha men, answer us. Who let them out? Who was it? You? Who? Who? Who did it? <laughs> I don't know. Some reckless so, individual. So get investigating, people. But with that, that leaves one last thing to be said. One thing that connects us all and binds us. Those cogs, actually, right, we all share them. And actually, when they turn, we're all turning together. We are actually one person. And if we all think and we all power our brains at one time, we can focus a laser beam that we can use to kill the queen and take back this planet. And it can be ours. And that one phrase, that one phrase that we can all think to connect and to, and to form that beam is thusly. Chicken McBosh, yes. Okay, let me try one more time. That's terrible. You're a bad one. Ha <laughs>
Okay, fuck you, I'm leaving. Sake. Oh dear, look at the face on this one on oh, your night. Oh, oh going badly, is it? What's the matter, going Harrison? Going badly, like you wouldn't believe, man. Every time, I just, I keep playing the goddamn guitar, right? I'm trying to learn the guitar, and Rachel keeps on just saying, play well, do do better, you're a bad one. This is awful. I'm not, there's no way I'm ever going to beat this rock god atop the mountain and get back to my home world. If she, she's a terrible teacher, she's amazing at guitar, but... Jesus Christ, she can't play, she can't teach to save her life. But where are you playing from? Uh, but what do you mean, Nate? Well, where are you playing from? From the, no, the hands. I'm using the hands. Exactly. You're talking shit. That's where you're going wrong. You're, you're an idiot. Well, I know you got, that. You, what, you mean I've got to play with my dick? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, that would be quite impressive, but no, you must play. No, but there was a guy that did that once. Don't you remember? Oh, God, yes. His name was, um... Clever Dick. <laughs> that was him. Yes, I do remember him. He got <laughs> hung, didn't he, in the end? Yeah, for lewd conduct. Yes, but Poor guy. he was oh, good, though, yeah. I wouldn't call what he was doing lewd. It was sick. I thought it was sick, too, yes. Anyway, Harris, uh, Hey, wait, wait a minute. What's that What's that sound? That, that, that music. See, that sounds pretty simple, but that's that's pretty decent. What What is that? Let's go have a look. Okay. That's, Ra that's Rachel. She's playing this, but I thought she only did, like, sick death metal and solos and shit. Well, why didn't she teach me something like this? This I could play. This is... This is heartfelt music. That's... This... This is not her playing with her hands, this is her playing with her soul. You see this kind of music? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hi, hi, corpse mangler. Sorry, I tend to sneak up on people. You definitely made me jump. This kind of music is the sort of music that in a couple of weeks a beginner could learn. But you can impress a rock god if you play from your soul and with real feeling. This is the kind of music that you could potentially impress somebody with. Do you understand? You see, you hurt Rachel's feelings, and now she plays sad music. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It's okay, but be nicer to her. It's not her fault she got kicked in the head by a bonacon. Oh, I see. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to. It's just that she's so annoying. I know. But she is quite adorable also. No, she's just bloody annoying. Oh. But, you know... You've got to be nice to people or something. I'm sure there's a message in there. Anyway, I'm going to do some cocaine. Bye. See ya, corpsey. So, I've got to play from the heart, I guess. Exactly. Play something like this to impress, to impress the rock god. What do you think, Hungin Knight? I think that you should play the drums, I should play the bass, and we should start a band and go up to that mountain to impress the rock god. Now you're talking, I can shred the drums. Well, no, not quite you don't, shred. You know, you don't shred the drums, you slap... Wait, no, what do you do to I, the drums? I can beat the drums smack them. so good. S smack them. You Check smack them. Well, no, I don't actually have any drums with me, but I will show you. But Did one you do, thing... What, so, okay, so we need a... But like, if we're going to go up there and we're going to press this rock god, we need a, like a band name, right? Exactly. What are we going to call ourselves? The, the Flaming Harrisons. Uh, Onion Knight. I think, uh, I think the, the Onion Dudes... Um, well, if we're going to go like that, we might as well call it Nigel and the Nancys. But, no, what I think is, what about the 
Bollocon Slayers. What about the special men? The special men. Special men? The, well, the, the dude, the dude, the dude, the well, dude onion boys. Knight's not a man, he's an onion. What about the dude boys? D- dude. What about the, 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 the sword, the sword, the swords, the big swords? Um, the, 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 pe- the people guys. Sounds a bit like Clever Dick, the big swords. Um, um, the, the gigantic men. Gig- no, no, it's not right. What about, what about house, what about in Smash?